From 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. It's time for this week's edition of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast. And as always, we're coming to you live from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm one of your hosts here on 607 Podcast on Twitch. I'm also the host of the Three Fighters Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week, you know him as the other host here on 67 Podcast on Twitch, and of course, he's also the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as ODPH. Talk about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? It is great to be back here talking some pro wrestling after a very triumphant weekend this past weekend. Live stream for The Cure went down. Kudos to everybody involved. We hit the goal, and Friday night, the chat was live for the live trivia 607 TWS. Oh, being with somebody from chat. Thank you so much, Sienny, for following, and also thank you very much for thinking in. Thanks for being awesome this weekend on Live Trivia Girl. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm a little less drunk now, though. <laughs> I paid for it the next day. <laughs> I was super hungover. I did uh, way too many shots, way too many drinks in an hour, say, the second time. But I'm, ha- I'm still happy about it. I thought it was a lot of fun, entertaining. It was. It, it was, was still. Woo. <laughs> it was a fantastic woo. show. A lot of good wrestling talk, and that's what we brought there. That was our little contribution because obviously being a part of that star-studded lineup the entire weekend was truly an honor to be there and to crush that goal and man even raise it higher. Kudos to Nick and everybody involved. So Pat says sources say that that coach was booked to appear on this week's 607 TWS, but walked out in protest when asked to wear Alabama Crimson Tide gear in the main event. Coach has replied <laughs> with a no comment. Uh, as funny as that is. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I don't want that smoke from uh, Mrs. Coach. So he, uh, we have not seen or heard from him. <laughs> that is true. That is true. As much as I like to joke about it, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick smarter bets. <laughs> Am I not right? Uh, no, you're fair. Of, it's fair yeah. to fair. So fair as call. far as I'm concerned, he has not called or wrote in, and that would be on his own accord. Uh, although, if I was going to make him wear anything, I would make him wear uh, his favorite coaches. Oh yes. Yes. The yes. Mount Rushmore. The Mount Rushmore coaches for him. But uh, I'll take all the smoke. There you go. Well, Pat wants that smoke. Pat wants some smoke with somebody. I don't know. I, listen, I've learned that you never scorn women. This is true. Never. <laughs> this is very true. Never. It's not a good It's not a good look. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, it's been fucking, it was a great weekend. Super happy about it. Uh, once again, hit the goal there in live stream for the cure, thankfully. 23,000. Yes. Incredible job. Uh, again, over 20, so it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to do it again next year. It's one of the things I look forward to most every year, believe mm-hmm. it or not. But next year, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get drunk during it. No, I have an idea Ooh. for next year already, which I'll tell off. Well, there's, there's, a couple, there, there's a couple ideas floating around. You told me one idea, mm-hmm. but there's a couple ideas floating around. It depends on how, how well we can make it. We're going to do something fun. Yes. Always do something fun, but <laughs> the next day, I don't drink a ton now, and it was funny because the next day I woke up, I was like, <sighs> I felt like death. I've known his wife for two decades. I'm good. I don't. I listen, man. <laughs> so I, I, I do not mess with with Mrs. Coach. Face punches for 150 dollars? No, please, no. No, please, no, no. no. I mean, that would be funny. I'm sure some people would take me up on that offer, but whew, yeah, no, no, nah. 
I don't got that much time. I'm not uh, much like AJ Gray. I, I I don't. I'm not silent about those things. So facts, one thousand percent facts. <laughs> Anyways, with that being said, we got a big show today. Big show. We got uh, main event. We're gonna be talking about that uh, AEW Double or Nothing mm-hmm. in the uh, in the middle part of the show. Doing the mid mid card, we're gonna be talking about uh, some of the events building into Double or Nothing. Yes, because there's quite a few of those. We're also gonna be talking, uh, giving you that New Japan update for Best of Super Juniors. Can't wait to catch up on that. Of course, in the opening segment, we're going to talk a little bit of what we watched this weekend, including Glory Pro Wrestling and Game Changer Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Also, we are going to talk about the elephant in the room briefly because we have to. We have to talk about it. Although, yeah, there's really not too much information, like solid information to talk about. A lot of speculation, speculation, innuendo. You know, we don't always deal with that, but we'll give our two cents and, and move for there. But so we can get this party started, Ken. Tell the folks how to find yourself in the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. You can find them all right there. Check out the block section, Parlay Points. Friends of the show, which is also under the classified section. Shout out to my guy, Alan Dunford from Bad Bug Media. Shot me the new Pocus Hocus t-shirt, so if you can catch it on stream. Obviously, go support that book. Alan's going to be on the ODPH a little later in June, so definitely want to shout him out. I know he's in the chat tonight. That, the T Public Store, all that, all that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. And, of course, for all things Three Fat Nerds, go ahead and look us up at 8122productions.com. It's a good one-stop shop. We're everywhere on the internet by uh, three, three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an ad in front of it if you have to on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, hashtag 3FNPod. Uh, of course, uh, if you would like to, to donate to the cause on our website, we have a T Public Store where you can buy some uh, nice uh, threads and uh, give uh, a little kickback to us. Mm-hmm. Not much. I wouldn't even care if you got any but just how they work it but if you do want to give a little kickback to us monetarily we have a patreon patreon.com slash 8122 productions and uh from there you get a ton of extra bonus content for as little as one dollar a month we're not trying to break the bank it just makes it easy to uh do all the things we do here uh and on top of that there's other great stuff 8122productions.com beautiful 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 ken m this is true but these fine folks don't ever come here to hear us just chat about random stuff especially plug our own shit no, no, no. They come to hear us talk about some pro wrestling. So, um... It's time! It is time for the opening contest of 607 TWS. And let's start with the elephant in the room before we can move on. Of course, that is last week while we were on air. Mm-hmm. That's why we didn't talk about it last week. Because somebody asked me why we didn't talk about it last week. Literally, I do not watch... I've said this before. I watch zero hours of WWE programming a week. Right. Zero hours. They do what? Seven, eight, nine hours? What is it? Uh, three nine hours. hours. Seven, seven hours. Yes, seven, hours. seven hours. So three, two, Let's and two. Event, so yeah, but... nine. I'm not counting main event. But anyways, I watch zero hours of, of WWE, and we do this show while Raw is on. And a lot of people have Raw in the background when they watch this. If they're watching Raw, if they're not watching Raw, they just you know listen to us, and I, we appreciate that greatly. So I did not know <laughs> what was going on, and I wouldn't have uh, really speculated on it last week because God knows it was just crazy that uh, you hear that Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out, mm-hmm. allegedly over uh, creative. creative. Issues, if we will, uh, we we've heard so many stories. Once again, this, I'm not going to go into the woods too much on this, just because we hear a lot of stories, but nothing concrete from the people involved. We've heard WWE stance, which is they instantly announced that they walked out, mm-hmm. and then they've announced later on that they were suspended on on SmackDown. They stripped them of the belts. All that stuff was put out. There was a statement they put out that night, basically saying that things didn't work out their way and they left. Yeah. 
Uh, from the other end of it, we've gotten Naomi taking down all mentions of WWE. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Some speculation from people that allegedly know them, but nothing from them. Nothing from Naomi's husband, who just became one half of the unified tag team champions on Friday night. Correct. Uh, Pat says, I think the news on Sasha and Naomi was hitting the web literally while you guys were uh, out rowing the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we, we kind of heard about it, but we didn't have time to talk about it. So my whole thing of the matter is this. It's one of those situations where you don't have to have one or the other. Right. And here's what I mean by that. What they did can be perceived and is unprofessional, but at the same time, it is, if for the right reason, standing up for yourself. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, it makes so sense. So what, what I'm saying is that when you walk out on a contract, if you have a contract, that is kind of unprofessional. I've said that about everybody else who's done it, mm-hmm. whether that was Tony Storm, Jeff Hardy, uh, Mustafa Ali. It's like you have a contract, come to work, do your job. If you don't like your job, most of us don't like our jobs. <laughs> if, but if your job's not going to fire you, uh, most of us don't have contracts at work, unfortunately. Correct. Fortunately, actually, because I'm, you know, I, in New York, I don't know about other states. Other states are our contract states. We are an at-will state, so you can quit your job whenever you want. But in the case of a contract, you can be held to the fire because it's a legal document that you sign going in. And you hear the word independent contractor thrown around. That's all fine and good. But when you sign the contract, it, it says in there all the things that you have to abide by. So I will always say that the unprofessional thing is to walk out. And then, of course, that is the legal ramifications from the company as such, whereas they've laid down the suspension. If they want to be dickheads and this is very if this is real, they want to be dickheads. They can use that suspension time as to tack it onto your contract and all sorts of other crazy shit that they can do. So it's always one of those things where you can have that and be unprofessional, but it can be just. It can be just. Mustafa Ali believed heavily in in not participating, and Mm -hmm. he didn't. He did come back, but he didn't for a while, and that's fine. That's just. You know, he didn't do the same walkout, to be honest. No, no. He just was sitting at home and whatever, whatever, refusing to do things, allegedly. Because we don't know how much of that is whatever. We just know he was at home. We just know he wasn't on TV. And unhappy. Mm Mm-hmm. Once again, I mean, he, we know what he said. That's right. it. And we know, you know, it is what it is. But when you take your ball and go home, there's only a few that have done it. Jeff Hardy left and walked out of a fucking house show, mm-hmm. which made people, you know, I've said before when people were like, oh, you know, I wasn't on drugs. Well, it does kind of seem weird to just walk out of a house show. Yeah. Tony Storm walked out after her match on a house show, not during like Jeff Hardy. And in the past, we've had Steve Austin do the same thing that was just done. Mm-hmm. Remember, he didn't want to wrestle Brock Lesnar on Monday Night Raw and took his ball and went home, and then they had The Rock come in and cut a promo on how he took his ball and went home? Correct. So there is some stuff in the world. Now, however you stand on it, some people thought it was unprofessional for WWE to air it out there. Yes and no. It's their business to do that. I Once again, it's going to come down to these little wiry issues here. And I would say to some people... Are you more complaining about the real situation or are you complaining because you're a letter of three or a fan of three letters? Because if you're a WWE fan, it seems like they don't mind what happened and I'll defend it. And if you're a AEW fan, it seems like you're like, well, if they're not happy, then yeah, walk out, walk right on over to here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, would you keep that same energy if MJF is really as unhappy as he says he is? Would you keep that same energy if he decides to walk out or would you be mad at him? Because I can tell you what the answer would be. Oh, could you imagine if MJF decides to walk out on Wednesday? The internet would be a storm. Oh, the AEW faithful would be pissed, mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so. Yeah, but 
it's easy to do it on both sides. So the way I like to look at these things is, once again, if they really felt strongly enough about whatever the mistreatment or creative differences or whatever it was, and this was the right move in their head, that is absolutely fine for them. However, it still is unprofessional and maybe should have done something differently. But we don't know the whole story because it's not put out there. There's rumors. There's rumors that Sasha hasn't been happy since she lost, allegedly, lost her spot at WrestleMania 38. Right. Which, I'm sorry, I we, I never heard any other plans but Ronda. Maybe we're wrong. No, I mean, this is all we have is speculation. And just the aesthetics of this is really dividing the fan base. But we can't make a speculation concrete until we get some more information. I mean, just going off what we know, they gave the belts up, they went home. So whether you agree with what they did or you go, they signed a contract, and this happens in wrestling all the time, that if you have a creative difference, you can be angry about it, but is it really worth going on strike, per se, and, and just leaving? I mean, there's just so much that we don't know yet that we still need to dig into. Yeah, and there's a lot of people weighing in and saying stuff. And like I said, we were just bringing it up, but it, at the same time, you're, you're going through it. When the real story comes out, I would like to make a decision. But I do want to say that you can. it, it is an unprofessional thing to do, mm-hmm. but it can still be just. Yes. If, if, if the ends justify the means, I, I'm for it. However, if they don't, they don't. And mm. I'm not going to speculate on that until fucking we know what the ends were. Right. But we could have everybody throw their name and everything out there and say, oh, this is what should happen or that should happen or this should happen. And you're just like, what? But you're not them and you're not the company. And I'm not going to be one of the, I hate the people who always throw in this work or shoot. Yeah. But there's always that possibility it's a fucking work. Oh, of course. I mean, that's the one thing about wrestling. It's wrestling. So you never know, and I, I don't know if it is or not, and I you know either either way it's 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 irrelevant to the point right now, mm-hmm. irrelevant to the point right now. If it is, then cool, then it's going to come back for some cool storyline. If it's not, then it, there's a problem, right? But my warning, and this is something that you know you see a lot of AEW fans. Oh, bring Sasha over to AEW. I would say if that's her bank on, no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, that might not happen. Tony Khan has been a the one thing that I will praise him for is he's been very good about not bringing over problem children from WWE, Correct. if you will. Just using the word. It's not an insult on anybody. Mm-hmm. But think about it. He hasn't signed any of the people who were, quote unquote, problems in the locker room. He's straight away from not signing. That's mm-hmm. why EC3 doesn't have a job or Braun Strowman doesn't have a job in AEW. And, you know, and the list goes on. Sure. He's been very good about that because he he likes to keep the locker room cheerful. I think the closest he came to somebody with problems in WWE was Leo Rush. Yeah. And then depending upon how you look at it, he had problems with him. <laughs> you know, so it, it you know, it is what it is. So I will give him that credit. So don't think that naturally she's just going to walk into a spot because of whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once again it goes back to that what are you going to do with that person? You know, we're going to talk about, you know, the women's title match later at at uh double or nothing. But what do you do with with an extra person there? And, I mean, she's a great talent. No doubt about it. But, you know, maybe she's mad because things have passed her by. I don't know. That's a deep ro- – we've said it before. It's a deep roster. It's probably the reason why Dakota Kai didn't resign. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to be on this roster? you got killers in the field, man. You're going to sit down the red-hot Bianca Belair for, for Sasha at this point? I mean, that's the one thing WWE is, is so loaded that they can afford to have two stars not show up on TV and they'll still be fine. 
And I will also say this, because we're going to come to the end and get some final thoughts from you, and then we're going to move on, because mm-hmm. obviously there's not too much to talk about, because we don't, it's just speculation. Right. And we can just sit here and speculate all we fucking want. But I will say this. In the case of people out there saying that B- Sasha Banks is more over than Ronda Rousey, to maybe fans of wrestling, yes. But at the end of the day, there is no comparison in tipping. That's like saying that anybody's more popular than Brock Lesnar. You know, the man who's drawn more money on pay-per-view than on combat sports pay-per-view than anybody. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Ronda Rousey's the woman who has drawn more money on combat sports pay-per-view than anybody. Right. So you can you can try to argue, but when somebody sees Ronda who's not a wrestling fan, they're intrigued. Uh, a friend of ours wrote on the internet. I'll keep him, you know, so whatever. But we talked about it yesterday. Wrote one wonderful thing. Said, hey, at my WrestleMania party, people were happy to see Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and they were happy to see Ronda Rousey. They're not wrestling. They're just casual fans at best. They'll watch WrestleMania. They'll watch big events even from AEW, but they don't know everybody. They know those names. Those are the people they're happy to see. Say what you will. Ronda's a pop star because she has broken through pop culture. And she is a way bigger star than Sasha. I'm sorry. And just this whole speculation thing, I mean, we can't go into what they're thinking right now and what they chose to do. The only thing we can really kind of go is an interpretation of what happened, and then here we are. All we know is the belts are gone. They're going to do something with them creatively, and Sasha and Naomi are off TV, and the machine keeps going. As CM Punk once said, when I'm gone, it'll keep moving on. CM Punk, funny much him. He's another guy that walked out, right? Mm-hmm. He walked out, and then he got fired on his uh, wedding day, however you feel about that. Once again, I don't feel every, either party was 100% right or 100% wrong in that case. I mean, he did sue the company and lost. Yep. Uh, CM Punk had put out there, doesn't matter if your opinion of your coworker is positive or negative, stand with them because they'll do the same thing to you, and you'll wish someone helped. Trust me, you're expendable. To, you're expendable. Together, you're unstoppable. From him, that's fucking laughable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how I'll put it. And you know who else agreed? Miro. Yes. Uh, which was hilarious to me. But I'm going to say this, and it's not even, I'm not giving you a shit on CM Punk for this because he has a track record of not being for the boys. The problem with his thing is, doesn't matter if you like your coworker or not, stand with him. I'm going to tell you what, I've been in plenty of workplaces. I used to work with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you wouldn't stand with me, brother, because obviously we stand together. But I ain't trusting. Anybody I'm fucking work with to stand with me if shit goes sideways. Of course. And I, I'm going to tell you why, because it ain't going to fucking happen. People are going to think about their houses. They're going to think about their employment. They're going to think about money. They're going to think about family. They're going to think about a lot of shit over my shit, as they should. As they should. CYA. You know, <laughs> you don't trust anybody. DTA, baby. No. Some stone cold baby, and it has nothing to do with that. It, it like I, for me to ask somebody to put their livelihood is fucking selfish. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's how I look at it. And I'm not saying you can't support people, but if you're asking for a mass walkout for most people, it ain't gonna happen unless everybody's being mistreated. Mm-hmm. If everybody's being mistreated, all fucking bets are off. But I can tell you right now, my issue isn't somebody else's issue, and I would never, ever ask of anybody, even a friend of mine, to fucking walk with me. Because it's not fair to them and their livelihood. I know their position or they don't know their position. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what I got. So I think it's weird. And of course, coming from CM Punk, who (laughs) 
Cole Cabana, you ain't seen him on TV too much lately, hey. have you? I wonder why. Hey. 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 Does he want to talk about that one? Hey, uh, Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart called. He wants to know uh, when you're standing up for people. <laughs> Kevin Owens, you know that got popular during WrestleMania season. Yes, it did. He, he wants to know. He wants to know when you were standing up for him. Come on, <laughs> chop chop. Answer. <laughs> we ain't got all fucking day, guy. <laughs> so trust me, his track. That was just part of it. That's yeah. not even. A, he has never been known to be a team player. <laughs> of course. And you know what? I don't fault him for it. No, at the end of the day, like I say, it's CYA. Cover your ass. Not only that, but we've said it before. And we'll say it again. Wahoo McDaniel said it the best. Mm-hmm. You can make friends or you can make money. I'd prefer to make money. And that's what a lot of guys in the business do. Because Scott Hall and Kevin Nash ran with that Wahoo McDaniels and said, hey, we already got friends. We don't need no more friends. We want to make money. And you know what? I respect fucking that, man. It's a business. Once again, we always forget that it's called the wrestling business. business. Not the wrestling, you know, we're going out of business. Uh, And that's just kind of how it is. I mean, once again, that doesn't mean be shitty to people. Right. But... but end of the day you gotta worry about yourself first you know it is what it is and you know and i i've heard both sides of the story and like i said i whatever side you choose to be on that's fine i just personally don't know enough information on one but like i said it's not exclusive i still feel what they did could have been handled in a different way because it's a professional way but at the same point in juncture if they believe that fucking strongly in something i stand with you I'm not going to crucify them when if they come back i'm not going to talk shit about them if they come back i'm not going to talk shit about them if they don't come back Whatever it was, if it was justifiable to them, it's good for me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm going to leave it. I, I, but I can still look at it. There's better ways to do these things. Because leaving has never helped anybody. Because remember, leaving, CM Punk left, and it didn't change anything. Just like he predicted it wouldn't in the pipe bomb. Correct. So don't act like staying together is going to change things. It doesn't. The only thing that will change things is, is if enough people leave. But my problem is you always hear how unhappy people are in World Wrestling Entertainment when things go down, but all of them fucking resign. Remember, Kevin Owens, Kevin unhappy. Kevin Owens is gone. Yep. Uh, Finn Balor, unhappy. AJ Styles, unhappy. Sami Zayn, unhappy. All of them to a T signed new deals and said how happy they were and that they have no issue. They don't want to go nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, oh, my God, something's going on. Signed a fucking new deal. Yeah. He was talking about he ain't doing house shows anymore. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, so I, I'm just saying, and it's not to be a dick. It's just, it's facts, guys. It's facts. It's just like we're, you know, we're pondering whether MJF is truly unhappy in AEW or whoever else is truly unhappy. Hangman Page has had some real weird Twitter things. Once again, that's on them. But I give applaud to those gentlemen because even if they really are unhappy, they've kept it out of the public eye for the most part. Maybe a subtle jab here or there, but it wasn't like a full-on fucking bitch fit or anything. You know what I mean? It was nothing to the level of generating these kind of headlines. Like, we've heard kind of some rumblings here and there, but in comparison to the media storm that still is going on to this day surrounding Sasha and Naomi's leaving, those, if they're, if AEW stars have been un, you know, unhappy, they've kept it out of the limelight. I applaud that. That's professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat says, my dad always had a saying that's ring, rung true for me. Don't completely burn a bridge because you never know when you might need to cross it again. Absolutely. So the lesson that I've also was taught. It's, it's something that the older generation should have continued to pass down. But once again, like I said, if they're just, if they felt just, I'm with them. Right. It doesn't matter. Could they have handled it better? Sure. Because you can have both. Everybody might makes it sound like you have to pick a side, column A or column B, the red pill or the blue pill. In life, there's a lot of fucking gray area. Mm. And on one end, it is unprofessional because you have a contract with your name signed on it. On the other hand of it, it is if you feel strongly enough about something to stick to your convictions, do it. Yeah. 
So I can see both sides of the story. And like I said, there's not enough there for me to crucify either party. Because quite honestly, we'll never know. Or we will know eventually. Then we'll make a decision. No, I think Lex knows best. The world is... Hashtag the world is gray, Jack. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think a lot of us forget about that, honestly. And like I said, I applaud both those women if what they did was for the right reasons. If they really felt like they were being... Then, then again, we could all have the world below our eyes. It could be a fucking work. Yeah. Like, that's the weird part about wrestling business. They could come out on the fucking pay-per-view and just annihilate the champions. Yeah. Like that's... some weird, weird fucking real-life storyline bullshit. It could happen. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I don't know anything because nobody has really opened up. Usually by now, somebody gets angry and talks shit. Yeah. Like I said, we, we have the same stance as Lex Luger about this one. Oh, absolutely. Hey, Lex, what's the stance? I don't know. That's right. You don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about some fun stuff, though. Yes, let's, let's do Let's talk about some fun stuff. Me and you watched some good wrestling this weekend. Hell yeah. Contrary to what the gifts will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get there. And we kicked it off on Saturday uh, with LA Fights Volume 4 from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, LA Fights, you can watch it for free and watch this show for free on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. It's always worth a watch, and you get to see some young, up-and-coming wrestlers who some of them are making waves in the world of indie wrestling already, mm-hmm. and some of them are on their way up, and there is another great mix, LA Fights, I have been very happy with. Uh, so here we go. Uh, in the opening, we had a classic six-way scramble match. Jude is defeated. Cameron Gates, Eli Everfly, Gregory Sharp, and Keita Murray. Oh, and Rob uh, Shit. Yep. Eight forty-one. Good match. Nice Here's- young young scramble match here. I mean, they it still falls under the GCW umbrella of for doing scramble matches. LA fights definitely kicked off the show the right way. Definitely entertaining match. Midas Creed defeated Damian Drake in the second contest. 10 minutes and 14 seconds. Every time I see Midas Creed, makes me want to see more Midas Creed. Yeah, definitely somebody to keep an eye on. In a battle, and, and uh, these two are both big athletic guys. The newest member of TMDK, Bad Dude Tito, defeated Brandon Gatson. 11 minutes and 12 seconds. Very good match. Great match. Uh, somebody who's making the rise. First time I ever saw this athlete was a couple years ago on Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Jay Vidal defeats Jordan Cruz, 12 minutes and 53 seconds. Jay Vidal is a phenomenal athlete. And I'll tell you what, this is one of my, I think this is the only second or third time I've seen Jordan Cruz. Also very phenomenal. Definitely want to see this ran back. And Vidal is on that page to, you know, really have a breakout year here. Absolutely. Uh, Next up is a guy that we have gotten familiar with from the West Coast, Titus Alexander, as he defeated Lucas Riley, 12 minutes and 47 seconds. Another great match. Excellent match. And then we had an old school battle, baby. Gangster Party, B-Boy, and Lil Cholo defeated P.P. Ray, which is pretty Peter Avalon, and Ray Rojas, 14 minutes and 45 seconds. By the way, when they came out, pretty Peter Avalon grinding on people in the crowd. I mean, I don't know. New look for Peter Avalon. I like it. Yeah, it it takes me a while because I'm so used to seeing how he was in AEW to realize, yeah, this is his real gimmick. And it was a great way. I mean, obviously, Match had a lot of good energy with it, so I was definitely happy with this. And in a hard-hitting battle in the main event, Juicy Finau defeated Hunter Freeman 12 minutes and 20 oh, seconds. hard-hitting. And, and Hunter Freeman is uh, picking up some steam here lately. Yeah, hard-hitting is an understatement, and de- you're definitely right. Something to keep an eye on with this L.A. fights. I mean, they're doing great work out there. Absolutely. Let's fast-forward later in that night to an actual Game Changer Wrestling proper show. Yes. As Game Changer Wrestling presented Maniac from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California. The opening contest saw Blake Christian defeat Kevin Blackwood in 14 minutes, 35 seconds from what we saw of the match because of unfortunate technical difficulties. 
uh, this was a great one, and I'm assuming it would have been even better if I got to see the whole thing. Yeah, fantastic from the footage we did get to see, but unfortunately, you know, when they go out west, they usually have technical difficulties, so it's a little tough for this one. For whatever reason. Yep. Of course, uh, next up we had 607 TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin, as he defeated Titus Alexander, getting a shot on uh, GCW proper for Titus Alexander. 13 minutes, 27 seconds. Good match. Love this match. Great test for Titus. One of my favorite matches of the night came up next as Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Masha Slamovich, 13 minutes and 53 seconds. I need this ran back. Masha has never, like, I've seen her and she's just growing better, better each time. This is, I've never seen her look better in this match than she, she was facing Mike, or Speedball here. This was fantastic. Oh, I love this match. This is one, this is definitely my match of the night. Uh, there was other great matches, obviously, Blake and, and Kevin Blackwood and Tony Depp. And Ty, this, this whole match started out great. Mm-hmm. Later on, we have Jordan out. We'll talk about those matches. There's a couple matches later on that were also phenomenal. This is a match of the night on a great card of wrestling. Uh, next up was the GCW Extreme title on the line in a six-way scramble match. Your champion, and still champion, the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray, defeated Cole Raderick, Jack Cartwheel, Jimmy Lloyd, Ninja Mac, and we had a surprise because originally the GCW ultra-violent champion John Wayne Murdoch was supposed to be in this match, but he sustained an injury the night before. Mm-hmm. He could not be a part of this match. However, we had a return, and it was a big one because it was Los Angeles as the West Coast. We knew he was coming back soon. We didn't realize it was going to be tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the return of Starboy Charlie to the ring, and it was phenomenal. Awesome to see Starboy back, and this match delivered. I say this all the time. Nobody does a scramble match like GCW. Nobody. Agreed. And the fact that they put the extreme title on the line and went all out in that latter spot, they did. Whew. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was nervous that uh, I was nervous our good friend AJ Gray was going to get on that ladder yes. last time, and the Hammerstein didn't work out so well for him. Next up was another one of those match of the night contenders. It was amazing. The East Coast Ace, Big Breakfast, the Clout Cutter, and one of our favorites here on Six Hundred Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Jordan Oliver defeated the Star Destroyer himself, Biff Busick. This match got eight minutes and twenty-seven seconds, but that didn't matter. It was shorter. It was hard hitting, and at the end of the day, Jordan Oliver takes a victory over Biff Busick. Huge win for Jordan Oliver. Love this match from bell to bell. Next up, we had a Legends of Women's Wrestling match. Oh. The East Coast legend and still one of the best in the world today, the Dark Sheik, defeated independent wrestling Hall of Famer, Lufisto. This match got 12 minutes and 11 seconds. These ladies left it all in the ring at the end of the day. Dark Sheik gets the hand raised, and it was a great match. Phenomenal match. Absolutely incredible. Two legends of women's wrestling, and they killed it. All the facts. My pick for second match of the best match of the night was next, though, as we had... Former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion Bandito defeats All Elite Nick Wayne. 12 minutes and 28 seconds. What can you say? And there's a clip of Nick Wayne diving in the crowd and uh, letting people know exactly why at 16 years of age he signed a letter of intent to go to All Elite Wrestling. Does AEW realize how much of a diamond they have? With Nick Wayne. I think they do. That's why they signed him. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> they made sure he was locked up, so when he was turns 18, he, he has a place to go. When he gets on that big stage with AEW television, you, you're you going to be so, so, so happy to see him on there because he is just absolutely killing it on the indies right now and, and for being so young. By the time he gets there, 
If, no, if you haven't seen Nick Wayne, look it up. He's a very phenomenal wrestler. And to think that he just turned, sorry, he just turned 17. Yeah. He was 16 when he got signed. He just turned 17. And uh, good job for Tony Khan grabbing somebody right out from the future. Mm-hmm. Who's already getting it done now in the present. Uh, next up, we have the GCW World Tag Team Championship on the line. And your tag team champions, by the way, and still your GCW World Tag Team Champions, Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie, defeated the Toko Uso Juicy Fano and Toa Leona, 15 minutes and four seconds. This was a hard ass hitting match, and it had featured some of the greatest commentating I've ever heard from our good friend Poyo Del Mar and, of course, KG Kevin Gill. I love this. As a matter of fact, never in a wrestling match did I ever hear, think I was going to hear the word. That is some juicy bussy. Phenomenal. <laughs> the commentary, the commentating was on point. The match was incredible. Perfect all around. It seems like every time you see Ali catch and Effie, they get better. And man, Juicy and uh, Toa. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Those guys are ready for prime time. Hell yeah. Last but certainly not least, we had a main event of the evening, and it was a fucking death match. And this one caused some, uh, caused some uh, press for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. But the return to GCW in the United States of America for Drew Parker as he defeated the bad boy Joey Janela in 22 minutes and 19 seconds. Of course, a lot of you have probably seen the footage of Joey Janela lighting his foot on fire to deliver a super kick and then having a problem putting it out. Uh, they probably should have planned for a uh, uh, fire, fire extinguisher. extinguisher, something to put it out. Uh, listen, I know that generated a lot of uh, polarizing opinions on the net, but I will say this. Love it or hate it, at least Joey Janela is going out of his way to give you something different every time he's in the ring. We always complain about same old shit. You can never say that with Joey. Now, granted, does he hit a home run every time? Absolutely not. No. (laughs) But at least I applaud the effort. It was bad. It was bad. If this would have gone right. Yeah. This has been done in Japan before. I saw a video of it done in Japan. This would have gone right. Nobody would have been... Uh, I'm upset about it. Uh, Pat says, why was there not one there? Seems like a massive oversight, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Once again, if everybody had this to do over again, I'm sure things would have changed. Uh, I do, I, I have, having met Joey Janela on multiple occasions mm-hmm. and having having met and, and worked with him, he's not a guy that ex- exactly plans things out to a T. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not a shot. I, I love him. He's a great fucking guy. He would give you the shirt off his back. True fucking story. No matter if he's playing a heel or a face, he's the guy that literally would give you the last dollar to his name if it meant that you got something to drink or eat or whatever the fuck you needed. Mm. However, in the planning department, he just thought it probably looked cool and didn't fucking think about it. And he, who knows? He might have not even cleared it necessarily with the, the powers that be. It didn't seem like he did. Just from watching it at home. like That was my takeaway. It's like, oh, he's just... He so put a lot. The main problem is he put too much lighter fluid on his shoe. Yes, he only needed to sprinkle a little bit so it would stay lit and then go out. And he soaked his foot in it. That is actually the real problem. Because if he, if the, I saw the Japanese footage where he was getting it from, and that's basically what they did. They they sprayed a little bit on their kick pad, and it wasn't a lot. It was just like a line or two, and then lit it. So then when they kicked the guy, and they didn't super kick, they did an actual kick. Uh, when they kicked the guy, it went right out. Mm. And I think that that's where the first part of the mistake was. And the second part is, like I said, I don't know how many people knew that that was going to happen. So you can't automatically just assume that the company knew because that's some shit that Brett would probably be like, no. Yeah, I, I'm sure he would veto that. 
Although I will say the gusset plates to the head hurt a lot more. Yeah. And that's getting less talked about. But once again, it is what it is. If you're in a death match, things happen. Uh, I did enjoy this death match because it was one of the ones that was a little tamer. Yes. Outside of the, the, the fire botch, if you will, uh, there was some barbed wire table or doors, I should say. And then there was the gusset plates, which was just one incident with them. And then outside of that, it was just chairs. Yeah, I mean... Like, it, they didn't go too extreme on this. Oh, there's a staple gun. But staple gun is kind of standard. Yeah, I mean, if you watch enough ECW back in the heyday, it, that's normal. So this one was... And I hate saying tame, but it was a very tame death match. But, no, I it, but it didn't need to be. I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to see a lot uh, more come up with Tournament of Survival. Yeah, if we you got really a couple weeks, couple weeks for Tournament of Survival and Cage of Survival, which myself and Ken M will be in attendance for yes. COS on Sunday. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, but overall, honestly, I hate the fact that that moment was the gift moment where everybody's like, oh, look at the outlaw mud show. Look at these Jamokes doing stupid shit. Uh, because the rest of the show was fantastic. You had a show where easily you could have had a best match on any card out of like five matches. Lufisto uh, mm-hmm. and, and and Dark Sheik could have been the best match. Bandito and Nick Wayne. Obviously, we, we both thought Masha versus yeah, Speedball Masha was Speedball. the match. Uh, of course, Blake and uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Blackwood. Blackwood and Jordan and Tope. Biff. Tony I and mean, Titus. Tony and Titus was a great match yep. too. Like, but any of these could have made invented any wrestling show, and you'd have been like, "Oh, that was a phenomenal match." Mm-hmm. And they all happened the same night, but one inc- one incident can turn it, and that's why I kind of don't like it when those things happen. But guess what? We're not talking about this if it goes to plan. If he does a super kick, and his foot goes right out, nobody's going to talk about this. They're going to talk about, "Oh, that was a cool spot. Did you see that fire super kick?" Yeah. You know, it's the same thing that happens in any death match. Oh, man, did you see that cool spot? But when it goes wrong, it goes real wrong. It's it's like that high-risk move. High-risk, high-reward, high, high take, take it on the chin. It's kind of like exploding mines in a match, huh? <laughs> or piranhas, or... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've seen enough Japanese wrestling, nothing surprises me. Anymore. Yeah. Well, we also had one more show that we watched this weekend to end out the opening bout here, and of course, that was Glory Pro Wrestling. They were back for massive aggression, and that was coming to us on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday from the South Broadway Athletic Club in St. Louis, Missouri. And man, you can watch this and watch the replay right of it right now, Glory Pro Live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to that channel. It's a great promotion. Yes, absolutely. They don't do death matches. So if you're not into death matches, this is a pure wrestling company and it's beautiful. Let's go through the list of what happened. Uh, we did not get to see this. There was a dark tag match between uh, Donnell Benjamin and Frodo the Ghost as they defeated Mason St. Goods and Myron Chapman. Okay. Uh, so there's a couple students out there at the uh, Team Ambition School, I'm assuming. Yes. And uh, doing good things down there. Uh, we'll talk more about Team Ambition as the night goes on as we talk about this. Uh, our first opening contest was for the Midwest Territory title, which is their second highest title. Uh, the champion, Tootie Lynn, defended the title against Shaza McKenzie. Of course, Tootie Lynn came out and still champion. I've only seen Tootie Lynn a handful of times. Wow, is she phenomenal in the ring. Tootie's amazing. Absolutely great match to kick off the card. After, after the match, we got a little bit of uh, Mike Outlaw, who has been posturing himself to take over Team Ambition. He came out, kind of talked to Tootie a little bit, and uh, went back to the back afterwards. Talk about that later because it's going to come in. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had a great four-way match. Raheem De La Suede defeated Annika Murphy, August Matthews, and Blair Onyx in a four-way match. This was a really fun four-way match. Yeah, absolutely fun match. 
Next up, the United Glory Tag Team titles were on the line as the Hustle and the Muscle. Uh, Kareem and Xavier Walker defeated No Role Models, ATM and Eli Rossi. This was the, my second favorite tag team match mm-hmm. of the weekend because my first favorite was also on this show. Yes. But no, this was a great match. One of our personal favorites from Impact Wrestling, Rohit Raju, <laughs> defeated Laney Luck in a one-on-one match, and Rohit was entertaining as hell. He's, a, he's fantastic. If you're not familiar, get familiar. Oh my God, yes. This next match was the last match before intermission, but it could have been a main event anywhere on the planet and was one of my favorite matches of the weekend as Eddie Kingston, yes, that Eddie Kingston, defeated... The leader of Team Ambition, the American Wolf, Davey Richards. Absolutely incredible match. Like, what can you say? These two definitely went in there, told an amazing story, and just what a hard-hitting match. And it's one of those times where I did love the respect at the end. Kingston got on the mic, put Davey over, said that, hey, we never really, we never ran the same circles or anything, and this is the first time I've really got to wrestle you. And I respect you, and you're as good as everybody said you were. Yeah. And then he went online, and he said, hey, add Davey Richards to my list of guys I would wrestle seven days a week. And I want to see this (laughs) ran back. So Eddie Kingston, very, very, very uh, putting over Davey Richards. Both of them veterans of the ring. Can't believe that they haven't intertwined a little more, but I get it. Yeah, it happens, but man, what a match. We had a brief intermission, and when we came back from intermission, we had the tag match that I was referring to that was my favorite tag match of the weekend as Alpha Omega, Camaro Jackson, and Kenny Alfonso defeated the team of Jordan Oliver and Myron Reed. Jordan Oliver went from uh, from Los Angeles, California to St. Louis, Missouri, and had a great match with his tag team partner, Myron Reed. And what can you say about the spot where the uh the quad father yes the quad father picked up both guys caught them in the air and then like literally put them in for a press slam it was amazing it was it was fantastic uh camaro jackson is is also known as the quad father and he's 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 impressive yes very impressive match at the end a little bit of respect for everybody i like i liked it Mm -hmm. next up we had a ladder match for the deed to the land (laughs) And at the end of the day, Dan the Dad defeated Davey Bang, who was filling in uh, for for somebody else. And whew, whew. Dan the Dad, if you've never seen the gimmick, uh, I love it. I amazing, love it. Fantastic. And I love when he tags with Dan Housen and yes. with Warhorse. Oh, my God. that That, that is the uh, faction we need to see on TV more. Oh, but what a match. Next up, a guy who caught real fire after last month's pageant show from Glory Pro. And he had it because he had an amazing match. With all ego, Ethan Page. Ethan Price tagged with Jake something to take on the Grindhouse team of Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett, and they defeated them. And uh, Ethan Price gets the win and earned the respect of Jake something. Yeah, absolutely incredible match. And Jake something, man, if you're not on following him, you need to. And in the main event of the evening for the Crown of Glory title, that's the big belt there at Glory Pro Wrestling, your champion, Mike Outlaw. One of the trainers for Team Ambition took on another trainer for Team Ambition in Warhorse. At the end of the day, Mike Outlaw is still your Glory Crown champion by shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And at the, but the story here is Mike Outlaw tried to take over Team Ambition by attacking Davey Richards at last show. This show, he gets into it with one of the trainers co-trainers with him Davey Richards is the head trainer and him and Warhorse are co-trainers he's trying to schism team ambition and at the end of the match after winning by dirty deeds and not the and not, not, not the, not move, the Moxley movement yeah 
He then turned around and tried once again when the students from Team Admission came out to try to get Tootie Lynn to take his side. And I got to tell you, this is a great job by Tootie Lynn. Mm-hmm. It looked like she was turning heel and stabbing us all in the back. Yes. But at the end of the day, she gave him a nice gut kick and sent him packing. And uh, it looks like Tootie Lynn is, wants, a, wants a shot at that Crown of Glory title. Make that match happen. That's going to be a fantastic match. I cannot say enough good things about Glory Pro Wrestling. Uh, they will be back next month in the month of June. Uh, I will also not. I would not be surprised if they don't uh, partner up with GCW when GCW comes to the St. Louis. And the reason I say that is because they've partnered in the past. There yes. has been Glory Pro and GCW sub shows. So I'm assuming they're going to team with them when they come to St. Louis uh, in the month of June as well. But their next show in G- for Glory Pro, I do believe, is June the 10th. Yes, St. Louis Vice. Yes, and it looks awesome, so check it out. And once again, you can watch all their past shows, Glory Pro Live, on YouTube. Make sure you follow and watch, I guarantee. If you're a fan of wrestling, if you're a fan of, like, even, like, mostly, like, if you're a fan of, like, a, like, original NXT, Mm -hmm. AEW, PWG, something like that, this is for you. It's great, great wrestling action, a lot of fun. Ring of Honor comes to mind. Very good stuff. Uh, Once again, their school is ran, their school is called Team Ambition, and it's ran by Davey Richards. And of course, in association, he has Warhorse and in real life, Mike Outlaw as sub trainers. And and they're doing a good job. These young kids down there looked like they knew what they were doing. Great work down there. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of the opening. Nope, no, opening? I was going to okay, say it's the first bell. All right, that's going to be the end of the, the big first one. Got out of the way, talked a little bit of stuff. The second bell is coming up. Now, in the mid-card of this show, we are going to give you the update of what the best of the Super Juniors is going on in New Japan. And then we have to start. This is how busy the wrestling weird is this week. It is double or nothing weekend in Las Vegas. And because it's a big show, and I'm going to talk about it a little more, there's other shows going on in Las Vegas to lead into it. So he said, so I dropped a bit a few times, and I do it if it was brought up. But remember, Owen Hart, May 1965, May 23rd, 99. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, Owen Hart in the main mm-hmm. event. So I, I can't wait to get into that. But that is that is uh, so, so, so important to talk about. But, yeah, it's slated for the main event when we talk about AEW because, of course, they have the uh, Owen Hart Memorial Tournament. Correct. Uh, so we're definitely going to be talking about Owen Hart in this show. Uh, but we have not yet, so you did not miss it. Um, but, but, in the mid-card, we are going to talk about the shows that are actually leading in that weekend. If you're looking for a full roster of shows to, to take a look at, there's some really good ones going down that are actually taking place in Las Vegas and the build into Double or Nothing. We're going to be doing that in the mid-card, but in the mid-card, if you're watching on uh, our, 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 on Twitch, you're going to see the information for the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. And you're also going to hear, but if you're listening or watching, you are going to hear our good friend Tom Jolu. He does the countdown for us a lot. This song is called If Life Gives You Lemons, Have a Party. Make sure you check Tom Jolu out wherever you get great music, Absolutely. Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. He supports us in everything we do, so we love to support him as well. So with that being said, we're going to take a brief little break. We'll be right back with the mid-card of this show.
off with that mid-card theme. Oh, how I missed it. I know. You, you, you like to get down to that baseline and then yeah. uh, this wonderful theme. Of course, if you didn't know, that is the, believe it or not, the B team of the NWO's theme. Uh, we've used it as a mid-card mid theme oh, for a long time, but uh, it always comes up. I love hearing it. Sometimes we forget to play it. I've been trying to remember lately because it makes me happy. You know what else makes me happy, Ken M? What's that? New Japan Pro Wrestling makes Absolutely. Let's talk some. And of course, we have the Best of the Super Juniors going on right now. And if you would like to watch any of the Best of Super Juniors, you can do so on njpwworld.com. And yes, all of them have English commentary, just so you know. You can either watch them live or you can watch them on stream because obviously getting up sometimes at 5 o'clock in the morning kind of sucks. So yeah. you can watch them at your own difference and you can watch them either Japanese commentary or English commentary as they continue on with Best of the Super Juniors. Also, you can watch older shows and you can watch newer shows because we are actually building towards dominion mm -hmm. which is coming up not that far around the corner it's going to be a great night Ch that's a great looking there you go hey what's going on alan that is the one and only alan dunford told you he's in the chat obviously pocus hocus you need to get that in your comic book collection there you go shout outs shout outs shout and more shout outs and if uh ken's giving you a suggestion on a comic book i'd say you read it I'm just saying Facts. don't know that with that being said, though, let's jump back into the wrestling. Let's talk about that New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of course, Best of Super Juniors going down. We're just going to give you the standings and kind of give you some things that we saw because there were a couple really, really good matches that went down this past week. Uh, let's talk about Block A first, shall we? Mm -hmm. uh, in last place in Block A, we have a 1-2-3 way tie with zero points, 0-3 between Taguchi, Kanemura, and Clark Connors. Okay. Then we have a sole possessor of next to last place with two points, 1-2 and two record, Show which I was kind of surprised about. That is surprising. Next up, with a 2-1-1 record, just edging him out, with four points and also 1-2-3 joining four-way tie, Yo, Francisco, Akira, Alex Zane, and Ace Austin. That is surprising, but happily surprising. And in the top spots of the tournament, with six points each in the 3-0 records, Taiji Ishimori and the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi. You knew Takahashi would be up there. By the way, we had a great match this week. Uh, Alex Zane was in a great match. Took a nice little battle wound to the, to the face. Hey. And Ace Austin. Ace Austin had a, a banger with Hamaru Takahashi. Takahashi wrote, and I quote, Hey, I beat you. That means I should get a shot at that uh, impact title you have. To which Scott Demore wrote on Twitter, Ticking time bomb. You're right. Anytime you want to walk through the door, you, you'll get a shot instantly for that X Division title. Impact Wrestling is the real forbidden door of wrestling, folks. Let's not ever forget that. Not even to be mean, but it's just, it is it's what facts. it is. And it's man, I will, I will take a Takahashi versus Ace Austin match all day. I did get to see that one, and I would like to see another one, and another one, and another one. Need a best of seven for that. Absolutely. All right, so here we go. Block B of the tournament. Uh, two people tied with zero points and 0 and 2 records Master Wado and Titan. Okay. Then we have a one, two, three, four, five, six way tie with two points and one and one records. They've had one less match than the other thing. L. Lindemann, TJP, Robbie Eagles, Bushi, Doki, and AEW's own and Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta. Hey, now. And last but not least, in the in the top spots, you're gonna love this one. Four points each. Both are two and zero. Former IWGP Light Heavyweight Champion El Desperado, mm. and of course one of our favorites from the Bullet Club, House of Torture. Of course, 
El Phantasmo. Yes. So it's a very good, it's looking good out there. It's yeah. looking good out there. Uh, I'll tell you what, Alex Zane uh, defeated uh, Kanemura in a great match on the 15th. Uh, just going over some of the ones that happened this past week that, were, to, that are worth going out of your way to watch. Um, another really great one uh, we talked about is uh, Himuro Takahashi against Francisco Akira. was a very good match. Ace Austin also defeated Kanemura. And Alex Zane actually has a victory over Show, which I thought was pretty interesting as well uh, on their second night of Block A. Uh, Wheeler Yuta and Doki had a phenomenal match on May 19th. Uh, also on that card, Al Fantasmo and Master Wado had a phenomenal match mm. as well. Uh, the match where Alex Zane got hurt was against uh, Taiji Ishimori. Uh, the Bone Soldier uh, took a little bit of his, uh, gave him a second mouth, as he pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> and that happened on, if you're looking for it, it happened on May uh, 21st. That's also the same night that Takahashi defeated Ace Austin. And uh, Wheeler, uh, coming up, it's going to resume. And of course, uh, technically it resumes today uh, with Wheeler Yuta versus Al Desperado as the main event. Uh, so check that out and uh, keep on. Next week, we'll give you another update as far as the best of the Super Juniors. Uh, who's your favorites now, now that we've had a full week of tournament action? You got to go with the ticking time bomb. But I tell you what, I'm not doubting Alex Zane. I'm really not. Mm, he's, he's, he's impressing a lot of people over there in his first out. Yeah. I mean, what, what else can you say? Him and Ace Austin. My Maybe. picks for the finals, honestly, it's going to be what I was before. Takahashi and Al Fantasma. Yeah, Phantasmo, I, I fully think, is going to take the other if block. If he still had the loaded boot, he'd already have won. Yes. But they stopped him from having the loaded boot. What bullshit? <sighs> Shenanigans. Can anybody cheat in peace? I know, right? It's what happened like... to that? It's, come on. We deserve cheating. So, I wanted to say, we have a large double or nothing, and in the main event, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about double or nothing and everything going on, because obviously that is a huge event. It's three years of AEW, officially this Wednesday is three years, mm -hmm. but double or nothing, this will be the third double or nothing. This is going to be a, a phenomenal showing, and they have a great card, and that's why we get it, but this is what I kind of went into with the indies. We've seen it now in WWE, like WrestleMania comes and we get the collective and we get, uh, you know, uh, the WrestleCons and, and everything going on around that big event to get some people who may have not watched indie wrestling in the door and some people who doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Danny, what wrestlers cheat? I've never seen it. Exactly. You're just like the referees in those matches. You never see it, right? You know, He's, come on. But uh the nice part about this is it gives a nice little boost. And AEW usually helps out and plays into it. Double or Nothing is a big event for them. Of course, they only do four pay-per-views a year as of right now. So it's always a big deal when they do one. And it was decided by a couple indie companies. It's not as big as going out in WrestleMania. And I know usually All Out has the summit. Yeah. The, 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 the independent wrestling summit that GCW shows and invites a lot of people to. This one they did much smaller uh, in Vegas. But some great cards if you're looking for wrestling action coming into Sunday because obviously Sunday is double or nothing but starting on Thursday there's a lot of great cards we're going to cover those real quick in this before you know we take our last break and go into the main event but I think these cards definitely need a shout out are you ready to talk about these Ken M I am always ready to talk some indie wrestling all of these shows by the way are on fight.tv for different prices that's all I can tell you because some of them are like 10 bucks and some of them are like 14 bucks. And uh, GCW, there was a bundle for last week and this week that was 22 bucks. Best deal in wrestling. That's the best deal in wrestling. 
But here we go. Let's talk about what we do have listed. First up, we have VXS Better Off Dying. That is coming up on Thursday, the 26th of uh, May from the Nerd Bar. This is the only one that's not at the Golden Nugget. Okay. It's from the Nerd Bar in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where uh, VXS runs a lot of places. Great promotion, by the way. Are you ready to hear who they have in the card? I am excited to hear this. How about the return to the Indies of Jack Evans as he goes one-on-one with the East Coast ace Jordan Oliver? Are you starting off hot there? Okay. The bad boy Joey Janela goes one-on-one with Santana Jackson. Okay. In a three-way match, we have Brandon Gaskin taking on the king of Wreckship Mountain, Cole Radrick, taking on the young prodigy Marcus Mathers. Ooh, that'll be a great match. In a Lucha Extrema match... Arez goes one-on-one with the deathmatch young icon already, Drew Parker. Ooh, ooh, that's going to be a violent one. Oh, this is going to be one that's on the top of your list. In a submission match, Jimmy Jacobs goes one-on-one with Kevin Blackwood. All right, what time is this card? Uh, this card is, I do believe at 8 p.m. East or well, I think it's, I think it actually comes out at like 9 p.m. Eastern time or 10 p.m. Eastern time because it's a specific time. So. Making a note in the calendar right now. Yeah, yeah. Chris Bay of the Bullet Club goes one on one with All Elite Nick Wayne. Oh, that's gonna be a phenomenal match. And last but certainly not least, in a singles match, Psycho Clown goes one-on-one with Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Hell yeah, that's going to be an entertaining one. So that's going to kick off the festivities on Thursday night. Uh, recheck the times, double-check the times. I do believe that the transfer over is 10 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't watch them live, you can always watch them on demand. Because I, I understand not wanting to stay up on a work night or whatever. I get, I get it. Yeah. It's tough on the East Coast to watch the West Coast shows. Dude, it's a tough time for us watching uh, GCW. Yeah. Because, like, last week we watched GCW on Sunday, and this upcoming week we might watch it on Sunday because you have to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm probably going to try to watch the Revolver show, which we're trying to talk about. Don't worry. We're getting there. But Revolver has a show the night before. On Friday night, FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling, versus Revolver, Deuces Wild. That is coming from the Silver Nugget Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Guess what? That is... 527 it it's friday i do believe once again it is a 10 p.m eastern time start okay if i'm off by an hour i apologize here we go ready yeah let's do it in a singles match speedball mike bailey goes one-on-one with matt vandergraff okay tag team match violence is forever dominic greeny and kevin ku take on death proof and they have not listed the members of death proof yet Hmm. Passes. I know this is a pro wrestling show, but I know as an NBA fan, you'll both be interested to learn that with less than three minutes in the first quarter, Boston is up twenty-one to four on Miami. Twenty-one to. While they're trying to return the favor from last game. Hey now. Next up, we have a suicidal six-way scramble match. Not my, not my words. Theirs. Okay. Funny Bone versus Willie Mack versus Adam Brooks versus Anthony Green versus Damian Drake versus Juicy Fenoir. Interesting. Okay. You have my attention. Next up, in a singles match, the walking weapon, the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Josh Alexander goes one-on-one with the New Japan Strong Champion, Filthy Tom Lawler. Oh, that's going to be match of the night. Neither belt is on the line, but Tom Lawler versus Josh Alexander. Enough said. Yes, I'm in. The PWR Remix Title 3-Way Match, your champion... The incomparable Trey Miguel defends against Jai Vidal and all elite Nick Wayne. 
that will also be match of the night. Man, that is a loaded one. Oh, it gets better. For the FSW Heavyweight Championship, your champion, one of my favorite wrestlers out there, Hammerstone, goes one-on-one with the American Wolf, Davey Richards. Ooh. Belt on the line. Okay. Okay. And if it couldn't have gotten better, in the main event of the evening, for the Revolver title, in a four-way match, your champion, JT Dunn, defends the belt against Kenny King. Rich Swan and Chris Bay. Oh, damn. JT Dunn, Kenny wow. King, Rich Swan, Chris Bay. I don't know if you need anything else to sell this fucking show. No, no. I'm good. I'm in. Oh, I told you the Revolver shows were lit. Yeah. That's the first Revolver show on Friday night. So Thursday night, VSX. Friday night, FSW versus Revolver. That brings us to Saturday, and there's a double hit. Both are coming to you from the Silver Nugget Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Both are on the five, what is it, 528? Mm-hmm. I do believe that's Saturday. Yes. This one has a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time because it's a 4 p.m. Pacific. We talked about this earlier, so that's how I do know. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. This is Revolver Presents Vegas Vacation. Oh, I'm just going to go in order of uh, they have it here. Sure. Dan the Dad versus... Daddy, Effie. So, Dad, the dad, Dan, the dad versus Daddy. I'm in. Willie Mack versus Crash Jackson. Ooh, okay, that's gonna be a good one. The Impact Digital Media title will be on the line. As always, ready, Matt Cardona defends that title against Rich Swan. Okay. Sudden Death Scramble match, which will feature Gringo Loco, Anthony Green, the East Coast Ace Jordan Oliver. Alhar, a.k.a. the best in the fucking world, Blake Christian, All Elite Nick Wayne, and ASF. That is a stacked lineup. Just drop, just drop the mic on it. Yeah. There's no other fucking match. You could, everything else could have been bad, and this would be a great show. Yeah, that would have been worth the money alone. But it doesn't stop there. No. Shaza McKenzie goes one-on-one with Space Jesus Billy Starks. Okay. In a Vegas street fight. And this is a match... It's happened in the past, but it hasn't happened in a while. Two Wiley veterans. Jimmy Jacobs goes one-on-one with the 3P himself, Alex Cologne. Oh, shit. <laughs> Next up in a singles match, Impact Wrestling World Champion, Josh Alexander. Title's not on the line. He goes one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, 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 that's going to be a phenomenal match. The Pro Wrestling Revolver Remix title will be on the line as your champion, Trey Miguel, or... If he loses the belt the night, before, the night before, we'll go one-on-one with Kenny King. Okay. Great match. In the main event of the evening for the Pro Wrestling Revolver Championship, your champion JT Dunn, unless he loses it, will go one-on-one with Chris Bay. However, if Chris Bay wins that four-way on night one, I don't know who gets the bet. Does JT Dunn get a rematch here? They don't say. Interesting play. Uh, Chris Bay has two shots to become Pro Wrestling Revolver champion this weekend. I got to imagine he's coming out with the belt one way or another. I'm going to say one of these matches he has to win. Yeah, he's got to win. He has to win. He's got two opportunities. Two. He's too good not to. That four-way is brutal. Oh, my God. This is a card. That's That's a freaking phenomenal card. Ready for this? That'd be great if that was all that we had going on, right? But no, no, no. Saturday night. Also. From the Silver Nugget in Las Vegas, Nevada, right afterwards, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, 
Right, so back-to-back shows in the same venue working together. Who would have thunk it? Game Changer Wrestling delivers Downward Spiral. Give it to me. So far, we don't have every match listed. We've only got actually four listed. But the four listed are pretty damn good. You ready? Yes. Speedball Mike Bailey goes one-on-one with Chris Bay. Enough said. Fantastic. Johnny Game Changer goes one-on-one with the bad boy Joey Janela. That's going to be a great match. Here's one that you're going to be interested in. Tag team match. Okay. On one team, you have Drew Parker and Rima, Irina Yamashita. Deathmatch Legends. Yeah, death, yeah I was going to say Deathmatch Legends. And their opponents are Mr. 3P, Alex Cologne. Okay. And the GCW ultra-violent oh. champion, John Wayne Murda. No. Mind you, this show will take place oh, eight week. days yeah, I was gonna say eight before di- they enter Cage of Survival against each other. Oh, there's going to be some shenanigans. There's going to be some shenanigans. And last but not least, always ready, Matt Cardona goes one-on-one with all heart. Best in the fucking world, Blake Christian. That's going to be an incredible match. Anytime Blake Christian's in a match, it's incredible. And trust me, there will be more added to this show. Uh, looking down at the bottom real quick, uh, an alley catch is also announced for this show. Early morning Guy Steele is announced to make his return to GCW on this show. Wow. Uh, he impressed everybody when he was out there. Uh, Effie is going to be on this show. The Briscoe brothers are slated to be on this show. I'm looking real quick to make sure I don't miss anybody. Nick Wayne is slated to be on this show. Matthew Justice is slated to be on this show. Matt's Warner is slated to be on the show. Hmm. Probably a little bit of SCG versus the Briscoes, if I'd have to guess. I, I You got to think so. Maybe a three-way for the GCW World Tag Team titles. Be a hell of a main event. I'm just going to throw it out there. It could happen. Of course, that all leads to the following weekend when we go to Weekend of Survival in... Atlantic City, New Jersey, which will be SEOS. We're not going to cover that right now. We'll be covering that, of course, next week before we go. And, of course, we'll be giving you live feed right from the venue at the wonderful Carousel Room at the showboat in Atlantic City next weekend. Yes. Not this weekend, the following weekend. But all of that is leading into the creme de la creme, the big boy of the weekend. Of course, that would be all the wrestlings. Double Double or nothing. Or nothing. Mm -hmm. But we're going to take a quick break. Before we talk about Double or Nothing, and uh, if you're watching on stream, you're going to see information for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. Check it out. Best way to put it. And uh, you know what? Because I don't feel like searching too much because we do this sometimes because it's already in the board. We're going to go ahead and play the theme song for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. It's called Fail Better. It's by our good friend Shout at the Robots. Make sure you check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. We're going to take this brief break so Ken M can send out the tweets so I can get a couple sip sips of my uh, tea. And when we come back, we're talking all elite wrestling. We're talking double or nothing.
wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Let's get ready to rumble! It is the main event of this week's episode of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. And of course, if you're listening to some podcast form, anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS. Whew. Are you ready, Ken M? I am Dan. I even sure got ready. the All Elite Wrestling logo on the screen. I got to start remembering Ooh. to put logos into the thing again. But uh, we got treated like a big, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is. It's it one is of their big events. Arguably the biggest pay-per-view of the year. One of the two. Yes. It was uh, either all out of that. I, I, you know what, though? They're big four. They have four. So it's just, a, they're all the big four. Mm. You know? But with that being said, let's dive in. Uh, first, before we get rolling, of course... Uh, AWW Double or Nothing is going down this upcoming Sunday live on pay-per-view or uh, BR Live if you're in the States. And if you're one of our listeners overseas, which we do have some, thank you guys Mm -hmm. for tuning in. Uh, You guys can find it on Fight.TV. Yes. Lucky sons of bitches. Or conventional cable. Well, that's what we're ordering. That's why I said pay-per-view. When I say live on pay-per-view, I mean conventional cable. But in the States, if you're getting it on BR Live, eh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I was uh, that's the only reason. Uh, honestly, we would be driving our asses down to Musick, which is about an hour away, and watching this in a movie theater. If it wasn't, if I had to watch, if it was that or BR Live, yeah, BR Live is that bad. Every time we get on BR Live, it just stinks. So now we just watch it from the basement, and yes. uh, we watch it on regular cable, and it works beautifully. Beautiful. It's crazy how that happens. We gotta do. Gotta get better. Tony Khan, fire BR Live, <laughs> <laughs> or just put fight on domestically here in the states. That would be awesome too. All right. So before we get into the actual show, there is going to be a buy-in, which there usually is, mm-hmm. and of course they're back in Las Vegas, so buy-in fits very well. Uh, in the buy-in, so far only one match announced. There might be another one added, but so far we have Smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nese taking on Hookhausen, Danhausen, and Hook. AEW's version of the Rock and Sock Connection make their debut in ring, and we'll probably get the W there. And I ain't upset about it. No. Nope. I, I think it's and hopefully Hookhausen comes out on yes, top. Yes, has to. So now we're going to talk about the main card proper, which starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, I do believe the buy-in starts either at 7 or 7.30. It's going to depend on how many matches they add. If they only have that one match, it will start at 7.30. Mm-hmm. If they add another match, it'll start at 7. That's how they've always ran it. Uh, so we probably won't know until we find out if they add another match. Which tune into Dynamite to find out. <laughs> or Rampage. Or Rampage, because they could do it last minute. They, well. they usually do something on Rampage to add one more. So the main card itself starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is where we're going to talk about it. The we got Because the two matches I'm going to start with, of course, are the finals of the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament. And, of course, it is this day, this exact day, mm-hmm. uh, 23 years ago, that Owen Hart plunged to his death in... Uh, of course, a horrible, yeah. horrible accident. And uh, let's let's take a quick moment before we talk about yeah. the finals of the tournament, which one of them doesn't even have a, a, a person yet because we have to decide this week. Mm-hmm. But let's uh, do real quick and uh, just memories of Owen Hart because I was a big Owen Hart fan. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was I was a Blue Blazer fan, the original Blue Blazer gimmick. Yeah. Uh, little did I know that was Owen Hart until later in life because. Uh, who was I to know? I was a little kid. Mm. Uh, my first memories of Owen Hart was him coming to the arena and tagging with uh, Coco Beware. Yes. It's high. It was a high voltage, I think it was. High energy. I high thought. energy, one of those. And then 
the next I saw him, he was tagging, wearing the same stuff, though, but tagging with Jim the Anvil Nightheart as yep. the new foundation. The taxi pants. Yes. But that's him and him and Coco were wearing those. Yeah, yeah. And then him and Jim became tag partners and became the new Hart Foundation. And then that's when we finally got the Rocket Owen Hart. You know, he was calling himself the Rocket Owen Hart. But the Rocket that we know came shortly thereafter as he entered into doing stuff with his brother. And then, of course, the dissension in the ranks at the Survivor Series, which led to an amazing amazing tag match at Royal Rumble where he turned on Brett and kicked his knee out of his knee as we all remember that mm-hmm. and then of course led to WrestleMania 10 where they had one of the greatest opening matches of WrestleMania one of the greatest WrestleMania matches period one of the greatest matches of all time and the opening bout of WrestleMania 10 where Brett Owen Hart defeats his brother the moment the little brother steps out of the shadow he defeats his brother, but then later that night, Bret Hart in the main event becomes the WWF World's Heavyweight Champion, and once again, seething outside the ring is Owen Hart. It was my time. That was the best part about that character. Not only was he great in the ring, but he was so good at everything else he did because he stared out at his brother like, I stepped out of your shadow, but now you've outshined me again. I'm back in your shadow, and that led to that feud, which culminated with this one of the greatest steel cage matches of all time at SummerSlam 94. Yeah. Which... I put up there. So two bangers with, with Brett the Hitman Hart. And then he would go on to just shit. Who didn't he wrestle? Oh, everybody. Uh, but like I said, in my opinion, my two favorite Owen Hart matches from the United States, that is, mm-hmm. would have to definitely be Owen versus Brett at both WrestleMania 10 and SummerSlam 94. The two of them were phenomenal. Yeah, same with me. I mean, I, Owen was just phenomenal in everything he did in the ring. He, like say, character-wise... Few people could touch him, in all honesty, and especially him versus Brett. That feud, you could not escape from, nor did you want to. It's just how well the mannerisms and every like the, the little things that we always kind of hone in on when a feud is really clicking. Owen just did that so flawlessly in every every match he did. Absolutely. And, yeah. Just, man. And if you want to search some Japanese wrestling matches, there's tons of them, which you can see, of course, between uh, Canadian and Japanese. Mm-hmm. He had a great feud with the Pegasus Kid, a.k.a. Yeah. Chris Benoit. Uh, he also had uh, some really great matches with Jushin Thunder Liger. Yes. And even Black Tiger Mask. And he had some matches with Tiger Mask, but Black Tiger Mask, which at the time was Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some great matches out there that you can find. Just search him out. Trust me, you're never going to be disappointed in an Owen Hart match, in my opinion. Yes. Period. With that being said, though, let's get into Double or Nothing. And we started with Owen Hart because, obviously, it was this day 20, 23 years ago. Hard yeah. to believe it was that long ago. I know. Uh, and the two matches we're going to talk about first are the finals of the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament is the first match. Uh, we know Adam Cole is in the finals. Yes. And he is awaiting the winner of this week's match. Between Samoa Joe and Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. I'm betting dollars to donuts. Samoa Joe's winning that match. So I think we're going to get Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe at double or nothing. I don't know. I'd like to hear your opinion. The only way this goes a little sideways, and I I stress this, is I know that there was a post-match run-in from the Jay Lethal ROH faction, whatever's going on there. So possibly Kyle O'Reilly would face Adam Cole again. Now, do I think they will do that? No, I think it's going to be Samoa Joe. But I'm not throwing it out of the realm of thought, and then I'll even throw this at you. If that happens, Samoa Joe will be facing Jay Lethal at the buy-in. Okay. I would hate for that to happen because I think Samoa Joe deserves to be on the pay-per-view proper. Fully agree. And I, I, I think that Double or Nothing being a huge pay-per-view definitely should have Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. Yes. 
You can have them smudge out and cost them the match at double or nothing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Of, course, the, of course, the women's tournament final has not been decided at all yet. We don't even have anybody in. We'll be deciding that this week on television. Yes. So uh, you have any picks off the top of your head for that? No. <laughs> Neither do I. I have no clue who's going to win, and uh, I, I like to be pleasantly surprised here. But uh, both tournaments have gone very well. So Both tournaments have been very entertaining. I will say that. Next thing we're going to talk about. Ten man tag team anarchy in the arena match. On one side, you have the Jericho Appreciation Society: Angelo uh, Parker, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, and Matt Menard. They're going to be taking on the Blackpool Combat Club: Brian Danielson and John Moxley, because obviously Wheeler Yuta is in Japan. Mm-hmm. Also, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz and Santana will be joining the Blackpool Combat Club for this ten man match. Best part about any of this was. Moxley saying, I'm not doing one of those dumb stadium stampede matches. <laughs> and uh, still, Anarchy in the Arena, kind of the same thing. Uh, it makes me believe they couldn't have gotten the field anyways because the only field in Vegas would be... It would be a Legion Stadium. Legion Stadium. But in, I, or a, a UNLV Stadium there. UNLV plays at Allegiant. Oh, that's right. They do. Shoot, they, They're the ones that. that like the turf. That's why we have a movable field. Yeah, I'm a Raiders right. fan. That's why I say we. Sorry. I, you know, I forgot about that. So, yeah, yeah. So, I don't think that they could have gotten a field anyways, but that's fine. That's not to say. I was not a fan of the Jericho slapping. I mean, I get it. They're trying to blur the lines and be real. I just wasn't the fan of the low shot he took on Moxley's uh, and Regal's drug addiction. Yeah, it was uncalled drug for. Drug alcohol, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Not the best way to set up the feud. And I get what they were going for. It did sure, give heat. I get it. And I'm not mad. I'm not upset like, oh, my God, I'm so offended. I'm not outraged. I just would have. I would have liked uh, Jericho, who has is, is historically been so good on the microphone. I would have loved for him to just do it a different way. Yes. But then again, he is the same guy that dumped Jack Daniels in parentheses on uh, CM Punk. During yeah. The and what I, I know it wasn't really Jack Daniels. Right. But whatever. still, but he likes to. He, so he likes to blur the line. He likes so to I'm blur not it. like I said, I'm not mad about it. I'm just I just was it took me aback and I'm just kind of like, was that really the role the guy to go on somebody who just is that been in recovery? Yeah. It, it, bad taste, in my opinion, but, but not offensive. I did right. not find it offensive. Yeah, I don't no, I, I, if somebody else found it offensive. I apologize. As you found that offensive, I'll apologize on behalf of all. I don't work there, but I'll still apologize on their behalf because I feel like. They wouldn't want to offend you with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not offended. I just didn't. I thought that they could have gone a different route, but could I get definitely it. gone a different route. I get it. Speaking of uh, gang warfare, <laughs> six man tag team match: Death Triangle, Pac, Penta Oscura, and Ray Phoenix are going to take on the House of Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black. Six man tag. This is going to be a hell of a war. I'm here for the House. I think that that is. Argue- I think the House needs a win. They need a win. They're arguably the best faction in AEW right now. Let them have 10 minutes and go to work here. That's all I'm asking for with this. I'm going to throw this out there. This will be a great match either way. Mm -hmm. As long as they get, I hope they get time. Death Triangle, super talented. House of Black, super talented. Yes. I can see it going. I think House of Black needs the win. If you're ever going to give a fucking payoff to the Julia Hart bullshit. Now's the time. Now's the time. Have her come out and split mist in fucking someone's face across the match. Something. Something. Because if not, shit get off the pot. Yeah, there's no point. I thought they were going to give it up the other week, and they didn't. It's just like sometimes, listen, I like some drawn-out stories, but sometimes there's stories that don't need to be drawn out. This thing with Julia Hart's been over six months, and it's really made no fucking sense, and it's made no difference. Most people forgot about it, other than the fact that she has half of her face painted. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. We got to do something. 
So it's one of those situations. Between that and the Kip Sabian situation, it's hey. one of those situations. Should or get off the pot. So, and and on lower card stuff like this, it makes no sense to go that long into it. Mm. Like you, there's nobody can tell me, man, I love this detailed storytelling because it's not detailed. It's just drug out for no reason, and it's probably because creative got nothing for him. Yeah, just make it happen. Pull the fucking trigger. Pull the trigger. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. Next up, AWTBS title match. With that being said, I I, I don't want to overstate it. That's going to be an amazing six-man tag match. Oh, it's going to be a great match either way. Uh, my but... little rant about the little stuff that's going on, that's that's whatever. But it's going to be an amazing match. Mm. Don't be fooled. AEW TBS titles on the line. Champion, one of our favorites, Jade Cargill. Going one-on-one with Anna Jay. The only problem I have with this match is both of these young ladies, although they have a strong upside, they're both still a little green. Mm-hmm. I kind of fear that. With that being said, I think this should be an easy slam dunk victory for and still. It's going to be a slam dunk victory. It, I mean, there really is not a lot of story build up for this. But I will say this. Jade now having the faction with the, the baddie section. I'm all right with this. Oh, I, I once yeah. again, she deserves to be on pay-per-view. I just wish that they would have put her in there with somebody else that was a veteran. Yes, I agree. And the reason why is I think you could have a better match that way. Nothing against Anna Jay. I also think there's a high upside on Anna Jay. But let's be honest. She is not at that level yet she's she's only been wrestling for a few years mm-hmm. oh sure and same with jade so this you know i would i would have liked a higher profile match however you can handle this well jade's just gonna have to squash her and i'm not saying that to be mean at anna jay i just don't see a way to hide the negatives without just having a squash and obviously i think jade should be booked super over anyways yeah let's be honest jade's amazing mm-hmm. jade's money on the mic and the baddie section is great i, yeah. I agree with you I'm going to say and still. I think you're saying and still. Yes, and still. Easy. In a tag team match. It ain't nobody fucking wanting. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest with everybody at home. The Hardys, Jeff and Matt, are going to go one-on-one with the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick. What year are we in again? 2022. So we're not back in 2018 when this was actually a really relevant dream match? Nope. Okay, uh, I'm just going to say Hardys because I think the Bucks are just kind of in that happy-to-be-there mode. Bucks are undefeated at double or nothing, according to their bio. Yeah. But. And that they've been on every pay-per-view. Well, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Listen, to me, I'm going to throw this out there. It's criminal that FTR is not in this pay-per-view, but we have the Hardys versus the Bucks, which I don't think any wrestling fan, and I could be wrong, somebody out there could prove me wrong, is clamoring for another Bucks versus Hardy matches in 2022. Not at this stage. Yeah, Matt can barely move. Jeff's one bump away from being crippled, and I'm not saying that to be mean. Let's just be honest. Yes. And the Young Bucks are the Young Bucks. It's just fine. <laughs> yeah. like it's- So if the Young Bucks are going to go out there and bump the shit out of it, then I guess. But I, I, I could be wrong, and this could end up being phenomenal. I just, I just don't think it will. The bar is very low for this. Nothing against the guys, but this is just five years after the prime. But I, I'm just kind of pissed off when you have teams like FTR's not on this show. Mm-hmm. Red Dra- I mean, Red Dragon's not on the show. Right, unless Kyle O'Reilly sneaks in that final. In that final, but still, that wouldn't be Red Dragon. That would just be Kyle O'Reilly. Right. You know, we have tag team. The tag team titles aren't even on the line. Oh, no, no, they no, are. They are. They are. A triple I see it. Now I see it. Sorry. It was hidden in there. But the tag, okay, so the tag team titles are on the line, so that's good at least. I almost missed over that. So thank you. But, yeah, FTR, not on the show. <laughs> it's, it's a shame, but it is what the, it is. The Ring of Honor titles are not, none of them are scheduled to be defended on the show. Why not have the ROH World Tag Team titles on the line in a good match with, with the fucking FTR? Why not do it the night before? 
Like, make a battle of the belts there. Just make it ROH. I don't know. Shit, give me the Bucks versus FTR. I thought that's what they're setting up for anyways. Well, they were, and then they decided... They did it on TV real quick, but come on. Yeah, come on. and then they decided to just pull the U-turn and go a different direction. Don't well, get it. It is what it is. Next, yep. uh, so, once again, one, one match that I'm not excited for out of the whole bunch, I'll take it. Yeah. Next up, in probably the best storyline match of the evening, Wardlow going one-on-one with MJF. Best storyline in AEW right now. And I this, agree. And this one is going to be a no-brainer. This is going to be Wardlow winning... Uh, and then after the match, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. Warlow, Warlow's got to win this match. Yeah, there's no question of that. He, this is a lock. Next up is the t- match that I almost looked over. The AEW World Tag Team titles will be on the line in a three-way match. Your champions, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus will defend against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland and Team Taz team of Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I'm going to go on a limb and say and new in this match. And you can flip a fucking coin, but I'm going to bet Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I am going to go with you and new. I would love to see Team Taz win this, but I think this is going to be Swerve and Lee. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say Christian Cage does the heel turn here. Could be. Could be. Yep. Could be. You could put him. Are you thinking they're going to put him with uh, Lee and uh, Swerve, or you think that he's just going to do the heel turn? He's going to do the heel turn, and then I think they're going to try doing a Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage feud for reasons. I'm not upset about that as I'm much as I'm upset I'm, about other matches because uh, at least Christian can still go, and Jungle Boy is great. Yeah, like it'll be a fun feud, but it's going to be like okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. But uh, yeah, I think we're both agreeing and new and that same team. Next up, AEW Women's World Championship on the line. Your champion, Thunder Rosa, going one-on-one with Serena Deeb. Deeb has been on TV a lot lately. Thunder Rosa, not so much. Okay, so here's what worries me, and I'm not going to try to play into conspiracy theories, but hear me out. Stat came across the desk the other day. Mm -hmm. 60, when I saw it, it was 64 days that, that Thunder Rosa had been AEW World's Women's Champion. Correct. She had one match. On televised, on a television match, it was televised, mm-hmm. with Nyla Rose. Yep. Remember that. Including that match, her TV time has been less than 20 minutes. That's atrocious. 64 days. Now it's a little longer, obviously, because this is the other day I looked at, uh, at it. So coming into it, it would probably be like 70 days coming into this Wednesday. And less than 20 minutes of TV time with only one match. And that the time is included in that match. She's cutting promos from the top of the ramp and not in the ring like everybody else. Meanwhile, the former champion, Britt Baker, is on TV every week. Yeah. It's insulting. I'm sorry. It, it's it, How they've botched this is the same way they botched Adam Page's run. And I don't know if it's something with Tony Khan and the, and the powers of be that when they have a face champion, they don't know what to do. Heel champions? Oh, yeah. We, we well, a heel know. champion's easy, though. Right. A heel champion wants the belts on him. It's it's people pay to see the belt get taken off him. And I'm not making light of it, but it's true. Like, really, the only reason, you know, a heel champion is always going to be easier to book and, and historically is the best way to, to, to do storylines because the heel champion, people are going to pay to see the belt come sure. off. However, I feel like and I, I don't remember who said this, so if I, it was somebody else and I don't credit it, I apologize. But it seems like, and I feel like this is 100%. Uh, by the way, Pat says, the only guarantee in life, death, taxes, and shitty booking of AEW Women's Championship. Hold Points. on, hold on. I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. 
I'm going to go a little step further, and I, I can't remember who to credit, so I apologize if I didn't credit somebody. Hit me up if you were the one that came up with it. But I agree with this uh, wholeheartedly, so I think I'm going to say it. Tony Khan does a great job, because we know he's the guy in charge. He's the bad booking. Mm-hmm. He does a great job building the chase. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. All the storylines that have chases in, in AEW have been great. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, you know, Hangman Page chase for the world title. Whether it was the Young Bucks chase at the FTR. Whether it was the tag team. No matter what it's been. The chase. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Yeah. Great on the chase. But it's something happens. And once the champion, the, the face champion who is chasing, wins the title, it's like he doesn't know what to do with them. And I'm not shitting on it. It's just... Adam Page's title run has been pretty lackluster. We know that. Yeah. And now when you look at the stat of Thunder Rosa, as of when I looked at the stat, like I said, it's going to be 70 days plus on Wednesday. But when I looked at the stat, it was 64 days as world women's champion with less than 20 minutes of TV time and only one match. And the TV time was included in that match as well. Yeah. So a 10-minute match and then 10 minutes of promo time. Meanwhile, the former champion, the heel former champion, is on television, whether it be in a backstage interview segment, match, or everything, every week. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we not showcasing the women's world champion? Makes no damn sense. And I'm not, and it's not a sexist thing. Because honestly, I feel like booking, and we'll talk about it even more in the main event, I feel like booking has fucked over Hangman Page as well. Absolutely. Because, but to the credit, they built a really good chase for those belts, and I don't want to downplay that at all. No, but that, but that's their strong suit. But it's like when they get to the top of the mountain, where do you go from there? They already start sliding back down because they don't set up camp. Like it's a weird thing. No, I fully get you, but they did they do the same thing with Paige, and I think that hurts them long term. But if you think about it, they've done that with every champion. Oh yeah, too. absolutely. Because even like Omega's uh, heel run mm-hmm. as champion, there was times you're like, why the hell are they doing that? But. Where you get saved by a heel is that people want to see the heel get punched in the mouth. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So, like, that that makes it a little easier on a heel than it does a face. On a face, dude, there's a little more work that goes in. And it's and, and, I'm, and once again, I get it because a heel is where you really need the belt a lot of times mm-hmm. because that's what draws the money. That's the old Southern philosophy of wrestling and the, the NWA, AWA. Well, it wasn't in the South, but they had the same thing. But that was the old philosophy. That's why guys like Ric Flair had the belt and Harley Race had the belt for so long because oh, uh, people paid to see the belt get taken off of them. And I get that. And the only place, sorry, that's ever done that differently was New York in the Hogan era. Mm-hmm. I mean, New York, WWF. Yeah, exactly. No, the I get Hogan you. era. And everybody was always bamboozled by it. They were like, why the hell is that happening? But Hulk Hogan was also, at the time, the greatest draw in the history of the business. Sure. So, no brainer there, right? Yeah, you're making money. As long as you're making money, that's all that counts in that case. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird to me in this women's match that I'm like, man, and I'm a fucking fan of Thunder Rosa. We see her wrestle in GCW and elsewhere on the Indies. She puts in the work. She's a talented wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I saw some people online who were like, oh, man, the experiment with Thunder Rosa failed. Give the belt to Deeb. Well, how did it fail? Yeah. She hasn't even had time. She's had less than 20 minutes in 64 days. She's had one title defense in 64 days. Yeah, it makes no sense. And and that's not on the wrestler. That's on the company. And this is something that has to be addressed. Now, should Serena Deeb win? I can see her winning. And the reason why is because she's done a great fucking job as a heel. I'm loving the work she's doing. Vicious heel, professor of wrestling. I'm actually loving this version of Serena Deeb. Mm. All the reason for her to win, but... I feel like we've done a disservice to Thunder Rosa in this case. I, I, I honestly don't know how this is going to end. I would say and new because it makes sense because of no other reason. 
But then I just feel like it's a fucking disservice to a great wrestler. That's just my opinion. I'm going to say this. Two things. One, match of the night. Oh, this match is going to be phenomenal. Don't yeah. get me wrong. This match is going to be match of the night, match of the year contender. I, I promise that much. Absolutely. And and still. Okay. I think that for all the points you just brought up, I think Rosa is going to get the win. I think they're going to extend this feud, which by all means do, and then go from there into the summer. I hope so. That's what I fully think, because I think that they realize maybe going into this that she needs the win. Deeb is a great heel to go against her. I mean, she had a great program with Sheeta. Oh, absolutely. So that's what I say. That's what I say. I think that that was kind of the test to see how long they can drag this feud out. If this is going to be the fight forever for summer, make it happen. These two are great in the ring. This is going to be a phenomenal match. I hope so. But either way, I don't think that they've done a great service so far with Thunder Rosa and her title run. And I hope that changes. Yes. I really do. Uh, Speaking of great services, let's talk about the main event. We already know it's going to be the main event. AEW World Heavyweight title on the line. Your champion, Hangman Adam Page, goes one-on-one with CM Punk. Uh, Before we even dive, because we know how this is going to go. Yeah. But a lot of the things... I just said about Rosa, you could say about Hangman Page. Absolutely. He's on TV infrequently. He's not in a lot of matches. Uh, he even said on Twitter, I'm getting tired of only coming out to bleed once a month. He's become somehow the king of the Texas death match in, yeah, in AEW. Yeah, that's a weird thing. The guy's from Virginia. I just want to point it out there. That's where, where, where Hangman Page is from. Uh, and I mean, I hate to be down on it, but it's just like, it's it's just been a lack. There was so much build for him to become champion, and we all wanted to see him become champion, myself included. And it was so much build into it, and it was such a great ride. Mm-hmm. And then it happened, and then nothing. And I don't know how much we can blame Paige. Once again, not a lot of time. Not a lot of time, not a lot of great opportunity, in my opinion. I think they dropped the ball. But like you touched upon, this, is, this mirrors Rose's run. It's almost to the letter. And then the Almost. bad part is they're trying to turn him heel somehow. Well, I think because they have this idea. No, just hear me out. Out of nowhere. You just be, even when CM Punk was getting booed in Long Island, they're fucking trying to turn they, him heel. They screwed that night up, in my opinion. That was a complete epic fail. I think in their heads, meaning creative, they still think that Punk is the most overface in the company for whatever reason. And this whole switching of page to be a heel is coming like out of nowhere. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't mesh. It's it's hot shot storytelling in my opinion. And it's going to fail epically because what they what the I guess with the consensus I'm getting when I watch the show and I'm here in the crowds, they're thinking that this is going to be the moment where the crowd erupts and everybody gets behind Punk and Punk is so beloved that it's going to completely wipe away Paige's run. And it just it doesn't make any sense. Like, Punk has had a good run, but I don't think he's as over as they think he is. I don't think so either. Yeah, and I think that they're going to make a, a real disservice doing it. I mean, I mean, to prove the point, in his feud with MJF, MJF, not just in Long Island, but other places, MJF was getting cheered. cheers. He was getting a great face response when he's a, he's a heel. Yeah. And he's a goddamn good heel. <laughs> he's a fantastic heel. And and he was getting cheered. I understand in Long Island, that's where he's from. Sure. Okay. But, but, but take that from the but record. But if you went everywhere, anywhere but Chicago, yeah. he was getting the mixture, the smattering, the John Cena entrance, if yeah. you will. For a heel, though. And 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 that's not normal for MJF. Because MJF is easily hateable. Yes. 
and he makes people hate him constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, his own mother says she hates him. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, but going back to this, and I agree, and, and I'm going to say it 100%, I, I, I will be shocked if CM Punk doesn't walk out of Las Vegas as the new AEW champion. Agreed. I think that, they, I think that Paige is doing the J-O-B. I think that uh, it, uh, hopefully it's going to be a good match. It should be. Hangman Page can work. Mm-hmm. CM Punk can you know work, <laughs> limited but work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just it's one of those situations where I'm kind of upset that the the fucking build that we got and the excitement from the fan base and I count myself amongst them yeah. for Hangman Adam Page to get to the mountaintop and win that belt and then it was just like eh, yeah we're here and I I there's part of me that really thinks that they were going to try to hot shot that belt right to Daniel or Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. I really thought that they were going to. And I think because of fan outrage, they didn't. And I think that, that really, I, I, I honestly believe, and that could be wrong, I honestly believe their plan for uh, Double or Nothing originally was probably Brian Danielson versus CM Punk. Oh, sure. And a clear heel versus face, because Brian Danielson was a clear heel. Yeah. But now, weirdly enough, they've tried to, at the last minute, shoehorn Hangman Page in the last less than month to being a heel... And somehow Brian Danielson has become a face again. It's this weird anti-hero thing. Like I, yeah. It's by the way, I like it. I'm not upset you know, about the it. BCC has grown on. I, I, I admit, I'm now a fan of it. But I'm just like, where are we going? Because it just seems like every show is a coin flip about who's a face and who's a heel, and that and that shouldn't be the case at this stage. My question is this: If we're talking about the most popular guy in the company, you got to say John Moxley's on that list. Absolutely. Eddie Kingston probably right behind him. Heart and soul. You know, uh, Brian Danielson's popular, but he's doing that that tweener act, which is fine. I like him in it. I like the hard edge to Brian Danielson, believe it or not. I like him as a heel. Yeah, he's a great heel. Uh, so I, I like that. So I'm not. Com- there's no complaint, okay? But I'm saying your two biggest draws, you know, Kenny Omega when he returns. Because mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to tell me Kenny Omega's coming back as a fucking heel. Yeah. He's going to get cheered the moment he walks in a building, regardless of what building it is. Uh, passes the bill to hangman was supposed to be the greatest story in pro wrestling history. And as someone who doesn't watch, but I still see what goes on with social media. I couldn't tell you what the fuck has gone on with his title run. That's the problem. It was a great build. I'm yeah. going to be honest. It was, I mean, there was a little bit of an exaggeration to the build at the end. They, they kind of had to switch some things up for reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it still was a good build. And the, it, it was a great pop. The night he defeated Kenny Omega. Yeah. And it just feels like after that moment, there wasn't anything else. Like, honestly, what was this first title event? Lance Archer out of nowhere? Yeah. Like, there was no build. It was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, Lance Archer. Go. Yeah, just all of a sudden, Lance came out and attacked him. Go, 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 Lance Archer. Reasons. Yeah. His pay-per-view title defense. I mean, he had that little feud with Brian Danielson, which is fine. Yeah, and then Cole. And then Adam Cole added a, at a pay-per-view, which I, was th- I thought they were going to give the belt to Cole. Mm-hmm. They didn't. So they kept swerving us. But then again, if you get the belt to Cole and your goal is to get it on to Punk, yeah. having Cole drop the belt that quick is kind of, eh. Yeah. That Especially when you can save a Cole-Punk feud, which I'll give credit for that. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have given away Cole-Punk in a little throwaway match when you could actually have a drug-out feud between the two. So that was smart. That's probably what's going to happen after Punk wins because Cole's going to win the Owen Hart tournament. Hmm. I mean, there's some interesting things you can yeah. do with Punk. I will say that. Because obviously we can go back to the well with him and Joe. 
and see yeah. if we can relive that best of three of all time greatest matches. Oh, I'm sure, which Tony has circled. We can also have that with Adam Cole. There's built in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always revisit MJF if that's what they're interested in. Yeah. Who knows? You could also add in a guy like a John Moxley. But that's when you get into the danger zone. Yeah. Now, I'm not just saying that because I've watched a lot of uh, Top Gun recently. <laughs> I'm saying it because John Moxley is legit fucking over. Yes. Like, probably, I would argue, their best baby face. Mm-hmm. And has been for a long time. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. John Moxley's phenomenally great fucking worker. Uh, he deserves everything he gets. How long can you keep him in this tag team situation? How long can you keep him away from the belt? Then there's that little thing. I know it's mostly a work. But there's a little thing where CM Punk's like, anybody but Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to keep Kingston away from the belt because he's over and popular? Yeah. You know, and that's where your world has to come to a collapse because either Punk has to turn heel because you can't, you're not turning fucking Moxley heel. Right. I don't think the crowd will allow it. No, he tried doing that before and it didn't go over. Yeah. You can at this point. Mm-hmm. And after Kingston turned face, I love Kingston. I know he can work heel, but the crowd loves Kingston. Yeah. It's going to be hard to turn those guys heel. So if they ever have a program with Punk, you're going to have to do Punk as heel. Or face versus face, which can lose money, but it'll also get boos for Punk because more people's going to cheer for Moxley. That's my opinion. No, but you're right on. But, I mean, I can see build to Adam Cole working instantly Samoa Joe is another person you can throw in that because it doesn't matter who's face or heel just because that's a classic fucking match between the two of them uh obviously MJF should always be in the title picture Mm -hmm. uh you can even throw a Jericho match in there because they had a great feud back in the day yeah uh not saying that Jericho is like floating my boat these days but it's still a name brand baby yeah because Jericho is like Nike the name brand you can't argue that point no you can't so there's options to do with Punk. There's options to do with Hangman, though, but I just don't... I think at this point... Listen, at this point, I think they have to take the belt off of him. As much as I like Hangman Page, as much as I don't really want to see him do the J-O-B, if he wins, what do we do? Where do we go? You gotta do something. They haven't built any storyline to get to anywhere. Hell, this Punk in him storyline is like a month old. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, okay, I want the belt. Okay. I just, and once again, it's not me shitting on them. I just feel like, I feel like Tony Khan as a wrestling fan and as a booker tells an amazing story about the chase. Mm-hmm. But when they receive the prize, they grab the, the brass ring, if you will. He's like, ah, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Cause it, he's, he's trying to book that next chase, mm-hmm. but while booking the next chase, you still have to book the champion strong. Yeah. And that's going to be the problem. So unless uh, some swerve happens. Welcome to the Summer of Punk. Swerve. Huh. Oh, I think we're going to Summer of Punk. I, I, I think you have, at this point, Juncture, you have to. Not just because uh, it's just that Adam Page's run has not been, not for reasons of his own necessarily, hasn't been memorable. Mm-hmm. And so this is the time to change it because we're building from this into All Out or yeah. All In if they change the name back. Who knows? So if you're doing that, yeah, you're going to want a marquee match. And I mean, the marquee match that I would try to put on would maybe even be Punk and Omega. If you can swing it, yeah. If depend Omega's back. Depending on what Kenny's status is. Right. But that's a marquee match. Mm-hmm. Or you do Punk Joe, marquee match. Punk Cole, marquee match. Punk Danielson, marquee match. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of marquee matches you can do for All Out. 
And then it's kind of maybe build Hangman back up. But what scares me there is it's, it, we know he's sympathetic to the chase, but what happens when he gets to the mountaintop? Exactly. And after that mountaintop, it's gotten a little herky-jerky too because let's be honest, although Moxley is super over, and I like Blackpool Combat Club, what has he really done since he lost that belt? Nothing. I I'll mean, some it. of that isn't the fault of the company, obviously. No, no, no. He had his, 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 his time off. Yeah, but just when he was there after the belt, nothing. And Omega, we Omega had the best thing happen. Mm. And I'm not saying injuries are good. Right. But it was a good way to cool him off on purpose. Yeah. Because he had to go out and have surgeries. And mm. that's fucking awesome. He's going to come back better than ever, in my opinion. But uh, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, you got to remember, he trained himself how to wrestle with Vertigo. Hopefully he can undo that. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I think he can, because he's a once-in-a-lifetime fucking kind oh, of wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal wrestler. I don't think that anybody's going to argue that Kenny Omega's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Fuck that. Fuck good. Great. Yeah. One of the best. Uh, but I think the the injury actually helped him because then you didn't have to see that subtle downcline from the title. Mm-hmm. And now we actually, you know, when he comes back, it's going to be hard not to have him as a face when he comes back instantly. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I could see them doing a program non-title between him and Adam Cole when he comes back. I think that's what they're going to wind up doing. Turn the Bucks back face. Yeah, they're going to separate the elite and it'll be UE versus... The elite. The elite. And you do the Bucks back to being face. Mm-hmm. Omega's back. He's going to be a face. Because UE works way better as a... As heels. I love the fact that I can still call him UE and it's not fucking it up. Yeah. One thing I do like. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I got to stop myself from uh, calling Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan. It's just we did it for so long. Oh, it's forced to have it. But overall, this looks like a phenomenal card. There's only one match on the card, honestly, that I'm... Yeah. I don't say I'm, I hate, but I'm just eh about, and that's Hardy's and 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 and, and Bucks. The young Bucks, and it's just it's because I don't know if any like it just I blows my mind that FTR is not on this card. It does blows my mind. Could be a late ad though. I, Could I, be. I I feel they're gonna do something one more match for the buy-in, and I and I I fear because I think that they should be on the main show. I fear they're gonna put them on the pre-show. Yeah, but I mean it's just. You have the Hardys versus the Bucks, and oh. I'm just kind of like, we've seen this before when guys were, you know, in better shape, mm-hmm. and it was good. It's over. Why Why go back to this well? Why not do something different? We could have built up the UE thing a little differently and had, you know, a little tension in the ranks, Red Dragon versus the Bucks. Could have FTR versus the Bucks yeah. proper. We could have had a numerous amount of things. You know, we could have had, you know... Smash Bros. Oh, yeah. One yeah. of them's gone now. But still, we, I, I'm just saying, there's so many more matches I would have liked to see personally. This is me. No, I'm with you on that. So that's the only match that I'm really like, eh, I don't care about. Every other match I'm excited for, even even like I said, even with the fact that Anna Jay and Jay Cargill are both green, they're both upsides are going to be great. They're going to be two phenomenal women's wrestlers in the future. It's definitely the future of women's wrestling right there. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I fear is it's, it's too much too soon, but if it's booked well... It'll be covered up. Sure. And the baddie section is one of the best things ever. Absolutely. I'm loving I'm loving what they're doing with Jade Cargill, period. Mm-hmm. And Anna Jay, I, I think she's definitely improved, and she's definitely fucking working hard out there, so she deserves everything she gets. Could be a sleeper. You know, mm-hmm. the even the Anarchy match, I'm not sold on it, but I like enough of the parties involved to be like, okay, they'll make it work. Anytime you give me Moxley and Kingston, it works. You got Moxley, Kingston. You got Danielson. You got, you know... Or the, that whole side of five is great. Yeah. Jericho, he's a name brand. He's going to sell on a name. Mm-hmm. Daniel Garcia, great wrestler. Uh, 2.0 or whatever you want to call him. Great wrestlers. You know what I mean? Jake, Jake Hager, 
he does what he does. Yeah, he's Jake. He's Jake. He's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm totally expecting Samoa Joe versus an Adam Cole. Yeah. I think that's going to be a great match. I think it is a disservice if not. Um, like I said, Wardlow MJF has had some such good storyline. Yeah, that's going to be the one Ooh, the to watch. The storyline story alone makes you go, this match is going to be... It, it doesn't have to be a five-star fucking match. It just has to tell the story it's going to tell, and I think they're going to do that well. Nothing that MJF or Wardlow has done so far in this build has told me otherwise. And like I said, I still think... Even though we have those questions, I still really do believe the I, AW Women's World Title match will be one of the matches of the nights, if not the match of the night, if not match of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. The men's title match will also be a great match. It'll be a great match. Don't get me wrong. Sure, but... But the asterisk next to both of those matches is kind of the build for the champion. And I'm kind of like, I just wish they did it better. The tag team title match, I've been very impressed with the Jurassic Express run. Which is surprising because at first I was like, why? Yeah. When you have all these great tag teams, but I've been impressed by it. So it's cool. I like the storyline coming into this with Team Taz and Swerve and stuff. Overall, this is a great card. There's just one match that I'm like, House of Black versus Death Triangle looks amazing. I'm sure all six of those guys are going to try to kill each other. It's fine. That's what I want to see. It's going to be a long night, Dude, though. Phoenix is going to do some stupid shit. Yeah. It's going to be great. Pac's going to do some stupid shit. It's going to be great. Penta's going to be Penta. Yeah. <laughs> On the other end of things, Brody King's going to be Brody King Basin for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the nice part about it. Those guys are going to do some crazy shit, and Brody King is going to just be like, base, base, yep. base. It's going to be wonderful. And then you have, you know, Malachi Black and fucking Buddy Matthews, who are both phenomenal. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a great card here. It's On a great weekend of wrestling. I mean, VSX is putting out a great match we talked about. Revolver's got some great shows coming out. We got fucking GCW with a, a stack card. There's like this whole Double or Nothing weekend is going to be phenomenal. Tune into it all if you can. If you like pro wrestling, this is a great weekend for you. Mm-hmm. Great weekend. And the nice thing is with AEW, because it's going to be a very long card. You got Monday off in most places for Memorial Day. Yeah, Memorial Day is on Monday. This is the one time I'm not so upset about Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I wish they would go back to the Saturdays. Same. But on holiday weekends, I'll give it a little, give it a little bit. It it gets a pass. But I wish that uh, the last one was on a Saturday because I like the Saturday pay-per-view model. They're the ones that started that shit, man. Keep that. That was one of the coolest things they ever did. Absolutely. Fully agree. We got Double or Nothing. Next week, we're going to break down that Double or Nothing card. We're going to break down all those indie cards we talked about. It's going to be a great week to tune in to us because we're coming to the end of this show, Ken M. And uh, before we can go, though. Tell the folks how to get a hold of you, because I know we're going to be tweeting about some shit while we hang out this weekend, having pizza, having wings, or whatever we can afford, because, you know, gas prices. Yes. Uh, what do we got going on? So that all being said, if you want to keep up with whatever's going on with 607 Podcast, and I hope you do, swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media accounts at odparleyhour on most platforms. Go over to the classified sections. You can find friends of the show, such as 8122 Productions, so you can find out everything going on with 3 Fat Nerds, Horror Zone 607, 607 TWS, and all our great friends in between. T Public Store, blogs dropping this week. You name it. If it's ODPH, it's at ODPHpodcast.com. Of course, if you want to find out anything about 3 Fat Nerds or anything else we do here, go ahead and visit us at 8122productions.com. Get all the information about the 3 Fat Nerds podcast, Horror Zone 607, 607TWS, and more. Of course, uh, we have a public link there for our store as well. If you want to check out some of that swag, I got some more stuff that I got to put in there. Uh, also, I got uh, we got the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of bonus content. Help us make everything we do here from the streams to the podcasting and everything else. Of course, also, uh, you know, the Twitch 
link is on there, which if you're watching on Twitch right now, you already know that. But if you're not and you're listening to podcast form, make sure you're following us on twitch.tv slash Sixers of Podcast. All I'm saying is this week on the Three Fenders Podcast, we talked about maybe doing another uh, movie night the way we did the Willy Wonka one. Not the watch along, but the way we did Willy Wonka. Oh, the post. And we're talking about the wizard. Oh. I'm just saying. It could be awesome. So check, you know, make sure you're following us on twitch.tv slash podcast as we're going to bring you some very special stuff over the summer as well. Uh, and outside of every every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you our takes on pro wrestling right here on 607TWS. And of course, if you want to hit me up on any single platform out there for social media as well, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, three fenders pod, throw an at in front of you if you have to. There you go. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, but we're coming to the end of the show, Ken M. We got a huge week yes, end we of do. watching wrestling coming up. It's usually a huge weekend of wrestling for us, but it's a big one this weekend. Next week, like I said, we will be covering, you know, we'll be giving you the update on the best of the super juniors from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We'll be talking all about the GCW show, the Pro Wrestling Revolver show, all that great stuff going down in Las Vegas and the build up to Double or Nothing, of course. We're going to be covering Double or Nothing in its entirety. And also, I think it's uh, preview time for. Uh, uh, money in the bank or is that the week after i think it's the week after yeah either or way. hell in oh. a cell hell in oh, a cell hell, hell in a cell yeah because money in the bank's later in the month yeah yes. i keep forgetting how they're doing this shit yeah wwe in their pay-per-view or, no sorry sorry special events premium events oh is that what it is to you yeah, uh. whatever it is whatever the fuck they call their shit nowadays i'm still calling them pay-per-views because fuck them and their new words Yes. <laughs> there you go. I got raw about that one. How you like them apples, Vince? How you like them? I hope you don't like them. But we will be also previewing uh, GCW's Survival Week. Yes, we will. But that and so much more will be coming at you, and I'm sure some independentwrestling.tv stuff will be coming up and everything else. But we had another jam-packed show for you guys, so thank you so much. On the outro, as we always do, for those of you who listen and join chat and everything else here today, we thank you. For everybody who's listening on the replay or... On podcast form, we also thank you, and we hope you all have a wonderful week. Of course, we like to go out with our good friend, Second Suitor. This song is called One Wing Dangerous, It's the ode to New Japan Pro Wrestling and the cleaner, Kenny Omega. And it's a perfect way to end a wrestling podcast like we do each and every week. With that song, make sure you check out Second Suitor anywhere you get great music, including YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. Support them because they support us. Thank you so much. Hope everybody has a good time watching double or nothing and all the other great wrestling you may watch this weekend take care of yourselves take care of each other and for myself and ken m until next week later wrestling fans